and eventually he even gets to the part where he wants to be mm-hmm. and he can just touch it all he has to do is touch it and there's no he doesn't yeah. <laughs> welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Yowza. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Cher. Hi there. We, and, are, we are all here in this place. Yes. Yeah, we, we are. are. <laughs> we are. We, uh, we, uh, we, we did the pictures uh, this past week. And oh, like, yeah. Uh, everybody's like, hey, finally got to see a face to the voice and all that. But there was this one girl. She was like, this is like watching the movie after reading the book. All of my illusions have been shattered. Oh, God. And I wrote, oh, no. We're, tro- we're trolls, and she thought we were hunks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> or she thought we were trolls, and we were just normal looking. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, so. so. It, it is weird that we took those pictures after you shaved like your entire yeah, seriously. head. I almost, in the, especially at because of the angle of the lighter, I look like 60 years old in that picture. <laughs> you look mm-hmm. fine in it. <laughs> and there were a lot of people who were like, wow, I, I didn't know that you guys sat so far apart from each other. I'm like, it's not that far. <laughs> we can touch each other yeah, if we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I, I want to tell those people, I willingly choose to sit on the fold-out chair mm-hmm. because the chair that's cushy that these guys sit on, for whatever reason, gives me swamp ass. <laughs> and I don't like standing up after two and a half hours of talking to, like, well, wet diaper feet. <laughs> <laughs> I I I did not notice that in the picture or in any of the times we've ever done this podcast that you were sitting in that chair rather than this one. And someone wrote, "Why is Jeremy in the in the shitty chair or whatever?" And I thought he was talking about this blue chair. And I was like, "Well, why should Jeremy be better than everybody else?" <laughs> and then I wrote, then I looked at the picture and I was like, "Oh, he's sitting on the fold-out chair." And I was like, "Well, now that I look at it, it looks like he's willingly sitting in that chair." I don't think 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 that was like because we gave it to him or anything. No, no, we uh I choose to sit here. It's all right. I, I appreciate your concern for my butt. Yeah. Yes. But today we're going to continue the uh Marvel uh phases. We're going to be doing phase 2. What kind of Truth is, I am Iron Man. That's my secret, cat. I'm always angry. Dance off, bro. Me and you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Language. I think this has generated a lot of interest in the last episode. We got a ton of comments. Mm-hmm. We got a ton of questions. We got a ton of no, you're wrongs. Well, sure. <laughs> Nicely. Those are my uh, favorite. But uh, it seems like people are really interested in this. And I'm glad because we did take a deep dive into that phase one, and we're going to do the similar thing to phase two and phase three. Well, too. and I'll tell you how 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 much people, other people out there, know these movies more than we do. Mm. When I say I haven't seen Tony do this in forever, they'll say, "Well, no, he did it in this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this <laughs> yep. one, this one." Uh, but th- th- I think a lot of times context is needed. Mm. um i you know i was like i don't think i've seen him use that laser thing that he used in iron man 2 
since he wiped them all out at the end of that movie or whatever. And then he's like, I, I got a lecture about he's used the laser here, here, here. But most of the time it, I saw he's used it, it was for repairing stuff. It wasn't for killing people. Like right. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And he could have used it in Age of Ultron. Like, he really needed to use it in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Where they were surrounded by motherfuckers. Well, yeah. the, the, the thing is, you weren't saying... He hasn't used lasers. Right. You were saying that weapon at the end of Iron Man 2 is a god weapon. Yeah. It's a bend down and everyone in the radius is going to die. Right. Yeah. And he's never used it like that. No, since. he hasn't. And uh, that's that's what we're, you know, that's what we're sort of up against a lot of times. It's like, it's like there's a, some misunderstanding of what we mean sometimes mm. when we say that. So that's why we're getting a lot of know you're wrong type stuff is right. because the context of what I'm trying to talk about here is is very much that context that I have never seen that. Sentence. Yeah, and it's also interesting conversations to have when somebody yeah. says, "Yeah, you know what? It, there is this." I think I saw one on SoundCloud where it said that um, there was a brief glimpse of Captain America's little wrist thingy that that brings the shield back. Mm -hmm. He touches it, and there's an electric shock. Yeah, thing. but then there, there's no dialogue about it. Yes, it's just something for for people to have some context to if you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. But our point was is that it would have taken two seconds of dialogue, and and that's fun things to talk about. Yeah. Maybe maybe it would take away I from have, the movie. I had a realization about this. I think that. <sighs> I got to stop saying shit that people are going to disagree with because it's not always fun in the days after a podcast drops. But I think they need to make comic book movies where they're catering more towards people who don't know shit about them mm -hmm. as opposed to now. Granted, I think they do this in general. Mm -hmm. They do understand that the bulk of their audience doesn't know all of Iron Man's origin story. And so we need to explain X, Y and Z. But they they throw these little winks in. Um, like that, like they, there's what a one and a half second shot <laughs> yeah. of him touching his wrist and it sparkles. And if you've read the comics, you probably immediately fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I've never read a single Captain America comic in my life. Mm -hmm. If I even see that shot, which goes by quickly, I don't. I don't have all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. All I know is, oh, he's got a wrist gizmo, and right. it's like I rewatched Winter Soldier in between last week and this week to try and have at least one movie where I had a, a fresher perspective. And there's that whole fight on the boat in the beginning with, like, kicker guy, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> who is in the comics a, like a, a villain that people know. And mm -hmm. if you're a Captain America comic fan, that scene holds more weight for you. You know who he is. You know they fought before. You probably There's probably dialogue in there that winks at it. But to me, he's just generic villain who kicks a lot. Mm -hmm. And it, it hurts the movie from my perspective, mm -hmm. because you tried to shoehorn a little fan service in there, but it does it doesn't work for the non fan service. Does that make any sense? No, I understand. Like yeah. I think in general they need to do less of that and more of because every every one of these Marvel movies comes out and somebody's got an article like here's all the Easter eggs yeah, for, no, for comic no, fans no. and I'm why do we I keep understand doing putting that? in some of those? Well, a, a visual Easter egg yeah, is yeah. one thing, yeah, yeah. but when you when you you want to bring an obscure character comic fans will know as a villain into this movie, but then you don't give him any context for a movie viewer who doesn't read the comics, and it just ends up being boring. It's yeah. in a different universe, but it's almost like having Captain Phasma just show up at the end of Star Wars, and people who are familiar with the lore and the canon and stuff like that know exactly who Captain Phasma is. I don't fucking know. It's just a shiny suit or a stormtrooper. Like if like fans of the expanded universe, especially the novels, know that Luke went on to marry this Mara Jade character. Mm -hmm. 
And if they ever introduce her in the movie, they're going to do like a Benedict Cumberbatch, I am Khan kind of womp, womp, womp. <laughs> and all the people who read those books are going to be like, fucking A! <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I don't care. <laughs> I have not read the books. I only know that because I reread it too much. Mm, yeah. Anyway, I don't mean to derail us. Uh, Iron Man 3? Yeah, they kicked it off with Iron Man 3, which got Shane Black as a writer and director. And yeah. that's, a, that's a great thing uh, to, to do, but... This is one of those that just, it has some parts of Shane Black in it, but uh, ultimately, you know, Marvel is in control of this and everything. Now, of all the movies that I watched, rewatched and everything, this one came off better mm. than it did the last time I watched it. Um, I don't, I'm still not going to put it up there mm. as far as like you know, the ones they've come out with and everything. But I liked this one a little bit better just because it did seem to have sort of a down-home type of feeling to it. Mm. This is where you have uh, the common man is helping out Tony as he's, he has his suit is just destroyed and everything. Mm. Um, this also sort of uh, contributes to Tony's uh, character as we get closer to Civil War, too. Um, in Iron Man 3, he's definitely... Uh, you know, again, he has treated two people badly. They've come back to haunt him in this movie. Uh, that's what this one's all about. He's he's always got some new affliction. And Iron Man Two was he was he figured he's going to die, and he starts drinking himself to death and all this other type of stuff. Uh, by the end of Iron Man Two, he's got a new like arc reactor thing made of a different element and everything. Iron Man Three is having panic attacks. Oh yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. So he can't sleep. He's just making Iron Man suits the mm. whole time. He's like like all day and night, apparently. And this comes to roost later on when he calls them all out right. and everything. <laughs> but uh, again, he's 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 treated somebody bad. And this is Guy Pierce's character, Killian. Right. Who wants definitely to, not Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. Who wanted to uh, wanted to give him something early on at a at a like a New Year's Eve 2000 party or whatever. And said, hey, I, he goes, I love your tech. Wait for me on the roof or whatever. He ends up banging Rebecca Hall and stuff, <laughs> which is what we would all do. Yeah. Um, Hang on, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so Killian's out on the roof the whole time. And he, he apparently, he's been, we waited out there for like hours <laughs> for him and everything. And this comes back to haunt him later on. Um, and uh, and then we have a thing called the Mandarin, who's, mm -hmm. who's a terrorist and who's Ben Kingsley's playing in him and everything. How did that storyline play out for you the second time? The second time I liked it a little bit better. I think I did too. I'll watch this twice, and I think I'd like to. The main reason is is that I think it is somewhat genius. Although Killian doesn't exactly hide very well in this movie no. at all. I mean, if he wants to wants to blame everything on the Mandarin, he does a very poor job right. of it. Uh, I mean, he does a good job, a good enough job in public by having this guy come out and be like a terrorist and mm -hmm. everything. But I do like the idea of a bad guy blaming it on someone else, hiring someone else to take all of the blame when it comes to it it just feels like a sort of a letdown it's because, a total letdown because ben kingsley is playing this character and he's he has been portrayed and built up i guess brilliantly as this super badass and this super like if you could imagine that character the way it's initially played all the way through like this would be a formidable opponent mm -hmm. and then it's just like then it turns into fiery dude yeah and stuff and I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. You're right. It, once you know it's coming, it's a little bit more satisfying. But mm -hmm. I still don't like it all that yeah. much. Yeah. The main thing here is that uh, is that Killian's made is synthesized this uh, extremist ah. uh, stuff, and he's putting it into soldiers again. This is a Marvel staple. 
putting something bad into soldiers and making them kill machines. Yes. This is what something that happens all the time. This was synthesizing the thing that Rebecca Hall's character is making. Uh, she's making something that will regenerate like plant life and stuff like that. But he turns it into something where like, oh, well, we can make these super soldiers who turn into flamey shit and all that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um Flame Man. on. Yeah, exactly. And he's more competent than Sam Rockwell's character in yeah, Iron Man 2, right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh yeah, Rockwell is this I, I that that's where I, I sort of uh, fall a little bit. He's they're not the same, but they have that same kind of whatever. The, Rockwell's such a dumb character <laughs> in Iron Man 2 and Killian is definitely a smart guy. Right. But uh this extremist, the reason why uh, Tony's well first off, Tony stupidly goes to the cameras and he's like mandarin i'm not afraid of you mm. and if you want to come if you want to come and see me i'm a, i live at blah 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 right. blah in santa monica or whatever the fuck and like uh why does he do that because he blows it's it the, the dumbest fuck fucking yes. thing ever <laughs> and so like he uh he's pissed when he's at that press conference yeah um i mean i i suppose people know where stark mansion is anyway in the in the universe but yeah to call down the thunder when you know this guy is perfectly capable of doing it while you're just sitting around talking yeah the the and at this point he's in a committed relationship with pepper right she lives there uh he doesn't even think about that and then yeah they go and blow it up now he sets his suit to go to like uh to, to tennessee right um does the whole suit go or is it just a part of it that goes? no it's the whole suit i believe and then like uh and then he and it runs out of power mm. when it gets there and he's he actually he actually knows something possibly involving this extremist has in, has happened in Tennessee, or at least maybe somewhere close by. Or no, something. I think it's in that town. Yeah, no, it's in the town. But I'm just saying, like, uh, I'm trying to. Uh, he's already researching where some this this energy has gone off before, mm. and he's I, much like uh, Doc Brown in Back to the Future puts in November fifth, nineteen fifty five. <laughs> uh it, it's it, he's it's just automatically set to go there yeah. once he once he goes so then he crashes there or whatever mm. and that's where his, his suit's uh out of commission and uh and so he's got the he's got he the kid finds him and houses him in the garage and simpkins yeah it's kind of like bad santa from that point on well <sighs> it is like bad santa this is both where the most this is the most shane black part of the movie yes it is mm. and and at the same time i I will never understand how that pussy line got through because it is, it is, I was working my way through this line on my way down here driving in the car. I just can't, I can't come up with any explanation that makes that okay. What is the line again? Well, he talks about my dad went out for scratchies and that was six oh. years ago. That's so why I guess he won. And Tony says, which happens, dads leave. No need to be a pussy about it. Right, yeah. right, right. And yeah. that, that line is fine if you just say no need to whine about it. Right. But that extra edge of calling that little kid a pussy yeah. is out of character even for Tony. <laughs> and I know Tony's a cocky asshole, but have you, has he called anyone a pussy in any of these movies? <laughs> no. Yeah. And, but uh, I do enjoy the interaction. A lot of it comes from the fact that they've cast a good actor. Mm -hmm. Shane Black seems to do this very well. Because um, even in um, The Nice Guys, he cast a, a good child actor <laughs> that interacts well with an adult. Um and this is, I like you said, you said kind of a down home feel. This is mm -hmm. where the movie, when it clicks, this is this is what's making it click. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it's the yeah, it's the down home. You have the kid helping him out, 
And then there's a point where he goes into a news van and the guy and he asks the guy in the news van if can you can I use your satellite all right. and all that and it's like it's this whole thing where like the these people are helping out and he goes he goes to a bar and like there's a the mom of a soldier who blew himself up they consider him a terrorist mm. he just came back and he snapped and everything Tony knows that it's probably something due to this extremist and whatever so um so yeah that's what that whole mo- the whole movie's about and it ends up uh there's a whole finale where they uh, they take Rhodey suit and one of the guys jumps into the Rhodey suit and he's on Air Force Two and they kidnap the president. This oh, is a very um, Shane Black. It's the guy from Shawshank playing the president. Well, it's uh, it's um, Sadler, William Sadler. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, it's Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> um, Alexander Dumbass. And there's a yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing on a construction site at the end. Pepper Potts gets infused with the extremists towards I, the does, end. Now wait, does the movies honestly? Do they ever explain? Does that go away? yes they take a, it out of her there's a point at the end where they say we're gonna find something to help you out oh, you that's know. a missed opportunity yeah it really is they could have they could have gotten gwyneth paltrow more involved in it's just things. like we said with natalie portman yeah because in the comics that character is actually thor now who, who? jane jane is yeah really yeah Jesus well Christ. and that that that's one of those things too like yeah you you finally gave one of the female characters something to do mm-hmm. and then you're just gonna take it away like you couldn't just make that where like well she's got the extremist but she's got the good kind of extremist yeah, yeah. or know? couldn't you have somehow stuck black widow in there and given her the extremist so she'd be more useful in future movies <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, what i remember about this movie and uh, positive is that scene when he's tony's prisoner and his suit gets to him one piece at a time yeah yeah and he has to sort of it's one of my favorite things about the movie and one of the only things that brought me joy about the movie is he has to figure out how to fight and escape like with parts of his suit at a time i've only got one hand blaster i've only got one leg thing right and that whole sequence is delightful that's the other part of what i was talking about with the the whole like uh down home type of thing even he is a common man in this movie yeah yeah and uh and so like yeah that calling the suit thing is a pretty funny scene because he's in he's like he's like chained up yeah and he's like and he keeps telling the bad guys like all right you, this is your last chance or whatever. <laughs> and the uh, bad guys are just sitting there with guns like oh okay whatever but then yeah finally the, by the way these these parts are coming from freaking tennessee to like miami yeah. by the way <laughs> <laughs> and finding their way smashing through to where tony is and everything um but uh but yeah uh i i did end up liking this a lot better i i used to consider this the worst one it's no no longer the worst one. I would for me. say. Would you are you, you still think Thor: The Dark World is the worst one? Yeah, definitely. And then Iron Man Two is probably pretty close down there. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, Iron Man Two or Thor: The Dark World are probably competing for that yeah. dubious spot. Um, the curious moments I wrote in this one. Um, the Tony interviews the mom of the suicide bombing soldier to bar, and uh, and he quickly finds out that she was called there by somebody else. Hmm. And and it turns out to be one of the the women that's in, that's got the extremists in her that so Killian is sent down there and everything, and I was like, how did you set up a meeting with this woman when she was set to see somebody else, or did you? How did he know about that meeting? Ah. I never really understood mm-hmm. how he knew to go see her at the bar unless, and and I, I rewound it. I was like, <laughs> is there a part in here where he's he finds out that his mom likes to s- s- stay at this bar or whatever. 
and I didn't see anything. Huh. Now it could be it just blipped by on one of the other things that he finds out and oh he just found out about the meeting or whatever. But he doesn't seem to think that someone else is coming. Hmm. He doesn't he just he comes there like he arranged this meeting. Hmm. And then he's like and she's like, Oh well, this other lady called me here or whatever. Like that that's a curious moment. <laughs> um then um how about rebecca hall showing up right right before the terrorist does <laughs> yeah doesn't she visit tony's house right when the attack happens yeah mm-hmm. she does and and if you know that that's about to happen wouldn't you want to show up a little bit earlier she, she's in on it right yeah she's in on it so why would she even do that yeah i don't know did she how did she know well the missiles are gonna hit here here and here and i'll just stand here and yeah not die. i guess so <laughs> I know. Or, or he'll call a suit in and yeah there yeah you go. i don't i don't i don't really know i think that's one of those things that that they put in movies where they're trying to keep you off the scent so yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, all right well it doesn't make sense now well that, <laughs> now that i found out all the stuff that i found out um tony hacks roadie suit in this uh because it's made by killian's company and this is when he gets the satellite and all that from the the dude in the news van and everything and he hacks roadie suit and roadie Rhodes gives him his password and all that to the suit so he goes in there and he types in all the stuff and somehow in roadie suit there's all this video evidence of what yeah. killian does <laughs> oh. and everything like why would you put that there <laughs> and uh, i was like well that's really convenient isn't yeah, it like yeah. all this stuff like showing how the extremist agent is <laughs> is uh is put in is uh you know i don't now i was sitting there like watching iron man 3 going did we send this did we send this? and that was the one where we had the viewers come in with their own sound. Oh. so we never send this is the only movie we never send ourselves interesting um aside from amazing spider-man which we did the honest trailer two, yeah. uh yeah amazing spider-man 2 uh where we had the crossover and everything so um yeah this was this was one i was like did we do this did we do this and i was like <laughs> i could remember if we send it or whatever send these particular moments and it just turns out that oh we let the fans send that one so we didn't <laughs> so I don't remember I don't remember much about that video never yeah. again that was so much work <laughs> yeah I that imagine was so. so much work I imagine so you got like thousands and thousands and people kept coming in with the same ones yeah, over yeah, and over yeah. and over again and after a while you just like I don't know which ones to pick <laughs> out of this group <laughs> very bad idea sorry fans <laughs> yeah yeah and and I and I keep doing this throughout the final fight here's Killian versus Iron Man Killian's got the extremists again stronger than tony mm-hmm. tony uses his wits to kill to, to kill killian actually doesn't doesn't uh pepper play a part there too or yeah pepper ends up like saving the day doesn't she yeah she does okay um in a sports bra yes in a sports bra with firearms yes i can't remember exactly it's, it's what hot. she does i know that she has to like oh that's what it, he uh tony traps him in a suit and then she goes over and like heats it up ah. and that's what happens nice. Nice. um uh, in credit scene on this one is uh, that uh, Tony's revealed to have been telling this whole story to Bruce the whole time. Hi, oh. hi. Yes, and uh, and as if Bruce is a therapist, right? Not like an uh, awesome science, you know, guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and Bruce fell asleep within the first five minutes <laughs> when they were talking about the. He was talking about the New Year's party. <laughs> what is that setup? It sets up Ultron, I guess. I guess. Eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah it sets up Ultron. I think they're just trying to wink at the buddy friends because every everyone loved that Stark Banner relationship yeah, in the first awesome. Avengers, mm-hmm. and I think that 
the studio was like, we got to play that up a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Stan Lee cameo is that he's a judge at a Chattanooga beauty contest. All right. Nowhere near sounds as like something. Stan Lee cameo in Born Legacy. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And you're right. It is weird. He doesn't speak during that entire time. He usually has something really interesting to say. God, like, Born Legacy, just a missed opportunity. I, I liked my per- parenthetical note. This is not Stan Lee. It is just an old person. <laughs> Uh, the next one is the is Thor the Dark World. Um, oh. This one is from uh, Alan Taylor, who was an HBO director guy. He's uh, he did Sopranos, I believe, and he's done Game of Thrones, I think. Even this it just goes to show that a TV director doesn't always mean okay. going to translate. Yeah, I re- I saw this when it came out. Mm-hmm. I, for all of these Marvel movies, I enjoy on some level, and I remember a lot about on some level for whatever reason. I remember nothing about this movie It just it being like hard to look at. Like there's just too much going on. It was dark as the title says. Yeah. And I don't remember really anything enjoyable coming out of this. Movie. I'm sure the there is villain, something. The villains, Mistopheles, what's his name? It's, it's Malika. Malika. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I like uh, played, played, of course, by Christopher Eccleston. You He... Christopher Eggleston is one of the few people that you can bury under makeup and you can still know it's Christopher Eggleston. <laughs> <laughs> it's he and Ron Perlman. Basically. Yeah, pretty That's much. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no hiding it. As soon as he starts talking, I'm like, there's Christopher fucking Eggleston as I live and breathe. Um, but yeah, uh, th- this is this is the dark elves and everything. And we have some connection to Infinity Stone. The Skeksy? The Skeksy, yes. <laughs> This is the this is the first now they they still haven't uh they still haven't quite mentioned them as stones yet. This one the power is aether or whatever. And um and I'm trying to remember what the aether, the aether is um god what is that eventually from what stone is that? Can we look that up? Isn't it red? It's red, yes. Reality stone. It's the reality stone. Yes. I was right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one that nobody first suggested. try. <laughs> um but yeah this is the dark elves had this aether as their power and eventually the aether will become the reality stone oh yeah okay so um uh just like all these uh dumb asses who try to attack and be evil and shit they're killed by odin yes uh and five thousand years ago and this aether or whatever just uh i don't know goes up into fucking space or something i don't know what happens to it aether goes into the ether that's right uh you know it really would be cool I i i would watch a flashback odin movie like Odin kicking ass when he was young yeah. and more powerful than Thor could ever dream of being. Yeah. Because it's all like just kind of implied, mm-hmm. really. I guess maybe you see him do something in that first Thor movie when he goes and rescues them right. in the beginning. But basically, you have to believe he's more powerful than Thor. Oh, yeah. At least yeah. in his prime. There, in his prime, he's probably more powerful than Thanos. There was, Ooh. yeah, there was this discussion that he had to die because Odin could just fuck start Thanos. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've heard. Sweet. Is that, is that Odin could have just destroyed him easily and wouldn't have been a problem. That's why he has to die before that. That's why he has to disappear into the yeah, ether. Yeah, that's right. The and he's been... Ether. He's been, he's been uh, trapping Kate Blanchett. Not Hela, Kate Blanchett the yeah. whole time. <laughs> uh, actually, so the Aether was... The, the Asgardians bury it on Earth. They do what... Everybody makes a mistake <laughs> with the most evil powers... 
in the world in the universe they bury it somewhere yes. and they think there's no way that it can be Did they found. at least bury it more than five feet down oh god i don't think so what was the movie we did recently where they buried the evil thing like literally like five feet down oh it was uh it was the one where they found it uh in the water but in Just, justice League, wonder, League? Uh, wonder woman might have been wonder woman no i think it was batman v superman batman v superman because zod's thing comes crashing in they find it i guess they do bury this deep but it's like it's it's one of those things like all this stuff of course happened five thousand years ago they couldn't have possibly uh known that there would have been machines like cranes and shit and <laughs> bulldozers yep. and everything that would de- dig deep into the earth yep I don't know why they chose Earth of all places. I was just thinking that. I don't know why they did that. They just came down like, let's put this here and everything. Mid God. Yeah, mid God. Um, but um, so yeah, now uh, Jane Foster. This is Natalie Portman's last appearance in these movies. Mm-hmm. She is studying these anomalies that are in London and everything and they find these kids who are like we did this fucking cool shit where we throw the shit down. Oh my God! And- I just remembered she goes to Asgard. Yeah, she does. I forgot all about, I blacked this out of my brain somehow. She ends up in Asgard. She does, because what happens is everybody's throwing stuff down in this, like, this interminable loop, basically. They're throwing sneakers down there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things don't show back up. And she goes, she goes to some other spot in this building, this building, and finds the source of the Aether. But she gets infused with it and everything and gets sick. Mm. So, like... She doesn't get sick right away, but then Thor knows that something's going on and everything. Mm. He comes down, and then she gets sick, and then he's like, he takes her off to Asgard. And and so, like, everybody's pissed. Well, Odin's pissed off at him because he's brought this human being to Asgard and everything, but whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, So... Is Thor king in this movie? No. No. So he never becomes king. Never until... does, because by the end of this one, by the end of Thor the Dark World, he goes up to well, who he thinks is Odin, but mm-hmm. it's actually Loki, um, and tells him, uh, you know, I, I can never be king. There's too much stuff going on out there. I need to be there to protect it. I can't, I can't you know, be king of Asgard and do that at the same time. And, and the Odin slash Loki was like, well, that sounds awesome. And Thor should have been like, wait a minute <laughs> but he doesn't think that so anyway um but uh loki is being punished in this movie for his uh his role in the avengers for mm-hmm. all the stuff that he's trying to do in the avengers so they put him down in this asgardian prison where you know he's behind some magic fucking portal feet mm-hmm. force field <laughs> thing or whatever and um the uh the the dark elves uh can sort of sense where all this uh all this power is and everything they know that the the ether is in asgard i don't think they know it's in natalie portman at this point but they do know it's there mm. so they send their they they sent the the main guy malachis sends his some of his henchmen down to asgard to find this the stuff and bring it back to him so there's a big battle on asgard they bring all their ships out there and mm. everything uh uh, another Dark Knight type of uh, scenario where the the henchman guy gets gets imprisoned <laughs> and then breaks out of prison, takes all these other people with him, and they lead this assault on Asgard. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are they are uh, they they fail 
mm -hmm. first time that they try to do it, there's a whole bunch of stuff with Renee Russo, and I can't remember her character. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot she was in that movie. Yeah, yeah there's a whole thing where they're... I'm glad I'm not the only one that's forgotten. I need to see a therapist to get this movie back out of the recesses <laughs> of my brain. The, the the main bad guy comes in, and they and, sh and she and him like have this fight. And Jane is like an illusion or whatever. They think they know where Jane is, but she's been, she, she's being projected essentially. Um, but by the end of it, Thor comes in and then like a ship comes over and the bad guy flies off with the ship and everything. Mm. And, and uh, so they don't have it then. Um, this is a fucking terrible movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Um, um, <laughs> None of us remember really anything about this movie. I forgot Rene Russo was in it. Um, I forgot Thor had a mom. That's, that's who she's playing. One right? of the things yeah. that we forget here in this whole prison break is that Loki is also... Well, actually, no, he doesn't let Loki out. Loki just says to the bat, to the henchman guy, go down the stairs a little bit to the left. <laughs> And so it sets up a thing where Thor goes to the Dark Elves world and Loki pretends to betray Thor, which in the movie you're like, oh, well, that's something Loki would do. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, it's a ruse to make it seem like he did that so that they can attack the Dark Elves. But the Dark Elves end up getting the ether out of Natalie Portman. They, you know, bring, she brings her up into the sky and sucks all the stuff out of her. And, mm. and then... <laughs> uh, man, that was a great hand-waving description. <laughs> that's right. And then, uh, and, uh, and yes, exactly. Cause he's an evil guy. That's right. He has to hand wave a lot. Um, oh, Loki pretends to die. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. <laughs> he pretends to is die. He like, is he wounded or is he, he just, I says, think he's definitely hurt. I think he's dead. Like he looks dead. Mm -hmm. And Thor is like, does that whole thing that Matt Damon does and Thor Ragnarok, uh, <laughs> does that whole thing where he's like, oh, we'll tell, we'll tell Asgard about your heroism today. And all that. Um, so they go to London next. This is where Selvig has found out some sort of triangulation of all this anomaly shit and everything. Mm. Um, and uh, Selvig all the way through this movie is still kind of crazy from the events in the Avengers because mm. his mind was controlled by Loki and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, they're trying to lure Malekith down here, and they had and Jane invents this thing that's sort of almost a Doctor Strange like device, uh, mm. which kind of sucks people into portals and stuff like mm. that, using this anomaly and using some whatever. It looks like I don't know. It looks like a tripod, you know, taped together with some. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. I, I, it's one of those where you're like, I don't care. Just, <laughs> just get on with it. You've, you've made a thing i yeah. get it and uh and so it ends up being a portal and the portal sends malekith to a to another world where thor ends up uh, uh what does he do it says something that we, this is like by far the most number of times you've had to check your notes mm -hmm. to even remember what happens in the movie yeah <laughs> i think that says something he ends up sending all these pieces of Malekith's body through all these portals. Oh. That's how oh, he ends up yeah. winning. I actually do kind of remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, there's even a point where they go, they're going to all these. I think there's a planetary alignment thing going on, too, at the mm. same time. So, like, these portals go to all these different worlds. They even go to Jutenheim, where the frost giants are uh -huh. and all that. That's where this, there's a, there's some creature, the creature from the first Thor that thor really like he destroys one of these creatures in the first thor but there's another one that shows up in this one he that one ends up going through a portal now here's something that's never been explained he ends up going through a portal and he's on earth and he's in an end credit scene this creature from Utenheim's running around london <laughs> and that and that's like an amusing scene but 
What happened to that fucker? <laughs> um, you know, I think what what this speaks to is that there's so many different worlds and different locations in space and shit like that. Uh, and it's so free range when you come to, to Thor and mm-hmm. being a celestial story. You have to keep the story simple for it to work, mm. which is why Ragnarok works so well. It was on one, two, three locations, basically. Yeah. Uh, Thor was basically on two locations. And those are much better movies because you have to ground this instead of just letting it all over the place, which is why it's hard to even keep up with what happened in this movie. There's so much shit. And there's another there's another thing they throw into this movie is that, uh, of course, Loki had to have knowledge of other portals on Asgard that took you to other places because it doesn't make sense that in the first Thor he was able to invite these frost giants into Asgard by using the Bifrost with Heimdall sitting there mm-hmm. keeping yeah. guard and everything. And uh, so, yeah, there's another portal now. They don't even need the Bifrost to, to go to go places. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the scene where they fly that ship through the mountain and uh, and they end up exactly where they need to be by <laughs> flying through this thing. That's another thing I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it's just they fly through this mountain. OK, it's a portal, too, but it just happens to be the Dark Elves place. OK, <laughs> is there are there other places, too, that they could have gone, but they did. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't think they've even used anything like that since. There hasn't even been so. anything. And now Asgard's gone, so it yep. doesn't matter. Uh, the curious moments I wrote down here. <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, the whole goddamn thing. Well, here's one thing uh, that they really do a bad job with uh, as far as Thor's friends, who are a big part of the first one. Mm-hmm. In the second one, they help him out in this, too. But they've sort of been reduced, and by Ragnarok, they don't give a fuck about them. They just kill them like willy nit. Like mm-hmm. who cares? Who cares? These 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 guys weren't important to Thor. <laughs> Thor doesn't even shed a tear for those guys. No, he doesn't even mention them later on. Yeah, um, but he's actually in Infinity War lists off all the shit he's had to endure and never once mentions those. <laughs> yeah, <rests>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but and and it's a sort of a sort of a testament to how they've been treating uh female characters suddenly lady sif who's the who's the one woman in his crew or whatever who i never once thought in the first thor was a romantic interest with thor or right anything, was just another fellow badass mm-hmm. like him is suddenly like a jealous kind of lover like would-be <laughs> lover when he see when she sees jane show up on the planet it's fucked up. and uh not that there's any like scenes where she's like oh i always pined for thor right. and blah 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 she's not nothing like that but there's like although the camera always finds her and like oh her eyes are like oh i'm so sad i wish i could have been with thor too. i think there's this this is one of those things you're gonna have to research and send to us in the email i think there's a, an, an offset story here with the actress who played lady sif mm-hmm. and why she wasn't used more specifically in Ragnarok or any of the like Avengers Ultron or well yeah and she well she, I know that she's gone on to do two television shows since the, okay and since that might have might have just been scheduling yeah one of them was that one where she's got all the tattoos all over her body oh, is that her I believe that the was blind her. spot yeah Jamie Alexander's her name hmm. I, I, I again it's either it's either scheduling conflicts or somebody pissed her off. Hmm. Uh, but they couldn't get her for that, though, or at least not as like I'm not even sure that she's in Ragnarok and that like she's opening not. scene where we see people 
being killed i don't think she's there she's mm. not she's not in there uh like they just completely gloss over the fact that she, and i said two shows but it's she was really only on like one for a brief moment, amount of time the blind spot is the main one mm-hmm. that she was on uh but yeah she's yeah they make they make this sort of a love triangle thing and i guess they wanted to take it somewhere yeah, maybe but they just never had a chance uh then it's like, it's like she and natalie portman made this movie and they were like marvel i'm fucking done <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding imagine saying that to marvel the uh the henchman that they infuse with the aether or whatever they call him cursed with a k because you know yeah that's cooler right yeah. like scourge yeah scourge <laughs> yeah um he's able to punch thor's hammer with his hand cause it fly into a mountain but uh later malekith is slammed by the hammer like, hmm. and malekith has all this power too so i don't understand don't understand the hammer thing man uh they've done a lot of things with these hammers the hammer doesn't yep. make any sense to yep. me mm-hmm. and that's one of them being able to just swat the hammer into a mountain uh and then we you know come on <laughs> yeah again the final fight malekith versus thor malekith is stronger um and uh, again this time it's the invention that jane and eric use to you know send all this his parts all over the place nice Lovely. i wonder where his balls are <laughs> We're, we're they're in nowhere <laughs> they're, yeah k-n-o-w the, the collector has yeah, them. the collector right. has them um the end credit scene there's two of them in this one the mid credit scene this is where they first talk about infinity stones oh okay uh, uh this is where the collector this is benicio del toro and everything and lady sif and uh, another thor buddy i don't know the name of um they drop off an infinity stone which we know is the reality stone at this point um and they say they shouldn't be in the same room as the tesseract but mm. so we need to pay, take it to some other to this stranger yeah <sighs> <laughs> it's real. i mean really honestly when you when you when you take when you take a look back at something like this a scene like this there's literally no good reason to to send it to anybody else in in the entire universe it's really just a scene like so that people will go oh cool the reality stone mm-hmm. fucking awesome even though it doesn't make any sense like you could keep those two stones in one place it's supposed to be well guarded it's as well guarded as any other place but you're going to give it to a guy who could sell it to yeah. anybody they well won't. and i'll go you one further because i read the internet i not n- none of these movies have told me this but i happen to know that the collector and the Grand Master from Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. are two of six or seven of the most ancient beings in the universe. Mm. And that there are fan theories that one or two of these could be strong enough to take on a Thanos, mm-hmm. if you will. Interesting. And so this is another area where I feel like it's a little bit of fan service. If you know the comics and you know the Collector is like this ancient god and the... But, and so is Jeff Goldblum, apparently. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum is an ancient god. Yes, he is. <laughs> Not on that train. I'm sorry. This is like the uh, this, is, this is like the Bill and Ted three thing. Like I didn't tweet anything about it because I just get attacked. But I'm just like, ugh, why? Oh, why this? I know. Why this? I think they're fun. All right. Anyway, sorry, got us off track. Apparently, maybe they took him the reality stone. Because they know he's one of seven ancient gods of the universe or what have you, Could and be. he has all this power, but the movies don't ever tell you. That. No. And he's like, he has this very sinister one down, 
five to go <laughs> at the end of it which of course he gets nowhere near yeah he just wanted you to tell you how many there are yeah. that's, right. that's right um and then the last the very last scene we just discussed we talked about that the little creatures jumping around in london he's having, oh, yeah. he's having a merry old time <laughs> and he's i guess he's he's got a flat in london now and Man. he's got cable tv maybe they had like a whole agents of shield episode about tracking that thing down and maybe <laughs> that'd be awesome if they did. <laughs> um the stanley cameo here is he's a guy he's the guy at the old folks home or some mental health facility eric is there so i don't know what if it's an old folks home or a mental but there's like mostly just old people there. Hmm. so i don't know but he's there and apparently selvig took one of his shoes uh-huh so. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. This yeah. one's going to be the controversial one, folks. Yeah, oh, I guess you like so. it now? No. Yeah. Uh, no, I like it. No, I've always liked it. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem. I don't like it as much as a lot of people do. And a, a lot, lot of, of people really do like it. A lot it. of people put this number one on their on their whole thing. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the one movie I wrote more curious moments for <laughs> than any movie. Interesting. Um, it is... It is fine. It is totally fine. Mm -hmm. And I like I like the vibe of it. I like the idea that there's this corrupt government and that Cap is in the middle of all this and he's just now realizing that you know what? The government isn't uh, the coolest uh, coolest uh, yeah. kind of people. There <laughs> guy is not my type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> like he he's been living through all this all, the whole time believing that that it's right it, the government is always right, I think. He I think he's you know, but it, well, maybe not that, but maybe he's got a he's got a system where he knows right and wrong at this point, and well, he's always known right and wrong. But I mean, it's he knows that even the government can, even the ones telling him what to do can be wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, so I like the setup of this. Mm -hmm. I like all the setup of this. Oh my God! There's so many things about this movie, though. Um, I was so excited to see this movie. Yeah, man. What did you think about it the next time? Well, I think I. Uh, you mean the second time I watched it? When did you last see it? Uh, probably about a year ago. Oh, it was a year ago. Okay. Um, when it came out, I was super anticipating it, and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, as I was walking out, I was like, "Okay, like, why do I feel a little bit disappointed?" I think I actually texted Chris, and I was like, "So." Is, was that underwhelming at all? Yeah. And it was surprised me because I did enjoy it at the time. I enjoyed it the second time I watched it. There's, it's probably these curious moments that you're going to talk about that kept me from like really being gung-ho on it. I liked all the stuff with uh, with Cap and, uh, and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought the stuff with Falcon was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the relationships that he was building. I'm a sucker for any Robert Redford, like evil mm -hmm. overlord type of thing. But there's just there's just shit in here that it, I guess the logic of it plotting of this movie are, is is my biggest yeah. problem. Yep. Um, and in addition to Russo brothers not quite knowing how to film action. Yet. Okay, so this oh, is yeah. where I'm going to jump in because when we talked about Infinity War, you made the statement, the true statement, that the Russo brothers had come a long way in mm -hmm. terms of how they shoot action, and and that the the opposite of that stood out to me. I watched Winter Soldier three days ago. Mm -hmm trying to prep for this podcast mm -hmm. I, originally i was going to watch all of the phase two movies before this podcast and you see how well that worked out <laughs> um, it's, in, it's hard it is hard especially with especially when i don't i don't want to watch some of these again mm -hmm. like thor the dark world i'm never going to watch that movie <laughs> yep. again um but the action especially the opening action on that boat part of this is because it's dark i guess but what stood out to me was cut cut 
cut, 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 mm-hmm. cut, cut, yeah. cut. Mm-hmm. And all I leave a scene with is a general idea that that Black Widow probably kicked a guy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And had some kind of doohickey with a wire. But I don't know what the fuck is going on in these fight scenes. All you know is that ass is being kicked. Yeah. That's all you know. Yeah. And and it's and it's I know that for some people out there and God, I've had a couple of Facebook arguments about this. Uh, don't care. I know they don't care as long as they see something cool. It doesn't matter if they can see the whole thing of it. And and, and we're selling ourselves short out there. People <laughs> we are. Yeah, we if they could just give us one of those, just you don't have to be the raid too, right. but just give me something that has like a minimum of cuts in it just what well there's a there's a a shot in born legacy actually a seeming one shot where he comes out of the the bottom floor of the house climbs up on the the wall goes on the roof goes through the window and sees elizabeth marvel at the bottom of the stairs and shoots her all one shot yeah yeah seeming one shot and if you can do that in something like the born legacy you should be able to do it in these mcu movies well yeah and that's again i think we i think man come a long way mm-hmm. they've come a long way mm-hmm. and i've come a long way in my appreciation of their work and what they might do down the road but we have to remember at this point in time their their background was largely television mm-hmm. their background was like arrested development oh that's right um, yep. and so i mean didn't see a lot of fight scenes in arrested development <laughs> nope uh and so there's a learning curve and i think i think i'm maybe the biggest like offender in the world but i think we're too quick to to decide that someone can or can't shoot action um, or can or can't shoot, you know, comedy, whatever, horror, whatever it may mm. be, uh, just because they haven't learned it yet. They haven't, they haven't gone along. You, you see somebody like Michael Bay, and I don't see any evolution in terms of how he wants to. I don't see an evolution there, like no. I do between Winter Soldier and Infinity War. Yeah, or James Mangold between uh, Logan and Wolverine, you know? or yeah. Night and Day and Logan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, you can get better at. They definitely have. Um, and uh I, I lost track of what i was saying mm. oh the action in this scene yeah um it's terrible well and the the whole thing the whole thing is a setup here this is where captain america's sort of uh distrust in the government really begins is because black widow goes off and does her own thing and it's really just to get this information onto a flash drive uh meanwhile there's hostages that they were here to 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 uh rescue and everything um and uh and cap's doing that but she's doing this and she and and nick fury is like don't worry about what she's doing do what you have to do and so on and so forth uh this flash drive is the biggest thing about this movie uh that's saying something yeah mm-hmm. it really is the flash drive has got all this it, the, the flash drive has what we will know as the zola ag- algorithm oh uh, yeah at this point and the zola algorithm we find out later is uh able to figure out everybody in the world who could possibly be a threat to hydra later and that's going to lead to a curious moment as well mm-hmm. um but uh but that's what this flash drive is uh when he goes back he doesn't trust nick fury nick fury's like you know you i only need to tell you what you need to know so that you can focus on your one mission while the other so how can i focus on this one mission when you've got another person doing another mission mm-hmm. that you didn't tell me about and so on and so forth um and so we find out sort of uh throughout this movie that hydra has been sort of infiltrating every system of government mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing um and uh and cap doesn't quite trust anybody at this point in fact he's got the flash drive when he's about to go see redford 
and uh, he puts the flash drive in a vending machine. Yeah. Uh, behind a whole bunch of bubble gum. I still the most wa- important. <laughs> I still want to know ever. how this happens. See, he sees somebody stocking the vending machine. Does he go to that guy and go, hey, man, I'm Cap America. Can, <laughs> can, could you put this in here? Or does he say, hey, could you keep that open? You can trust me, right? Yeah. I'll put this, you know. Do like, me a solid. <laughs> do me a solid, exactly. Um, he puts it behind all this bubble gum. There's five sticks of gum. And this is a this is a. This is a place where I think people notice things like a fucking flash drive sticking yeah. behind bubblegum. Uh, but he puts it there because he, I think he realizes that if he, if he does somehow get caught or, or like arrested when he goes to talk to Redford, uh, he doesn't have that on him and that he can tell somebody like Black Widow later where it is. Of course, Black Widow finds it immediately. Mm-hmm. She's, she comes, shows up to him just casually blowing gum, yeah, blowing yeah. Bu- bubbles and stuff. And like, it's like, okay, I don't, I just, I, that drives me crazy watching him put a flat, that important of a flash drive in the vending machine. Isn't it a hospital? Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's at the Hydro headquarters, right? I don't, mm. Well, it's just before it might be at the hospital. I'm not sure, but I thought it was just before he's talk. He goes to talk. Okay, maybe to Rev. It could be a hospital. I don't know. Is this the movie where they attacked Fury and he's like out cold and they think he's dead? Yes. Okay, so it's wherever that wherever Fury is, which might be Hydra, yeah, or a Shield station, or it might be. I I guess I always played. It's it's a and I I may have been saying Hydra a whole bunch, but it's it's Shield, which is no, it's just no Mm. different from Hydra at this point. Um, where we go from here? Well, Uh, what about the Winter Soldier? Yeah, the Winter Soldier in this whole thing uh, comes in, and he, this is where he attacks Fury because Fury—they know that Fury knows something. Mm-hmm. He's got a flash drive that they want, but Fury. This is—we've gone ahead of ourselves. Fury ends up giving the flash drive to Cap before he supposedly dies and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, they think he knows something. Fury's like, "I'm not going to give you anything," or or he says, "I don't know anything." But they know he does, so they go and attack his like Range Rover or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> and uh, yep. and uh, Winter Soldier ends up being one of them, uh, one of the people who who tries to kill him, and we know that's Bucky now, and so on and so forth. There's a point where he he like burns a hole through the Range Rover and then goes down with a tiny the, lightsaber with a tiny lightsaber thing, which apparently they introduced in Agents of Shield, and we send it anyway because <laughs> we don't give a fuck about what TV shows say. Yeah. Um, but he he burned a hole through this thing, and he goes down the hole, and and this might be in the curious moments. I'm not sure, but Bucky Winter Soldier goes over to the hole and goes, "Well, guess he's he escaped. fucking looks at that hole and pieces out. <laughs> yeah, guess well, he, he guess does he escape. But this happens on the reverse in the same movie when Cap is chasing Bucky, and Bucky jumps off the roof, and Cap runs to the edge of the roof and is like, "Well, I can't make yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's no way I can continue <laughs> my pursuit. <laughs> guess I'm done." When oh in the beginning God. of the movie, he jumps out of the goddamn plane without a parachute. <laughs> Yeah, and it's actually a pretty fun moment. One of the things I wanted to comment about this movie is this is the mo- this is the movie where they took fun away from Captain America mm-hmm. uh, because they saddled him with all this Bucky baggage, and then from here on out, he's just dour. And then I get that that's intentional; he's mm-hmm. going on that, but I don't know that the MCU gave us enough fun cap mm-hmm. yeah. because in the beginning of Winter Soldier, he's fun as balls, yeah. and the only time we've really seen him was the first Avenger. That's set in the past, except mm-hmm. for the very end. And and he only gets a few minutes to be fun in this basically the the running around with Falcon Falcon and then on the boat raid. Right. 
And from then on, he's got to be serious all the time, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of sad. Because mm-hmm. Fun Cap is awesome. Yeah. And, and everybody was... else gets to be fun. Thor got a whole movie of fun called yeah. Ragnarok. But, you know, they just put Cap on this path to sadness. Yeah. Even, uh, even in those car riding moments when he's with Scarlett Johansson, like, yeah. you can tell, like, he's he's starting to open up a little bit, and, and it's good banter. And then, yeah, he gets just kind of this downward spiral after the... Yeah. I blame Bucky. Yeah, I blame Bucky too, that motherfucker. Yeah. Um. So they end up after after Fury has his is attacked, and after Fury ends up giving him giving Cap the flash drive, and after Cap goes to talk to Redford at the Shield headquarters and everything, and then he almost gets arrested, and then there's another whole big thing. <sighs> they finally go to wherever this flash drive can be plugged in. It's some they they find they research or whatever. This is like an old shield. Banca. Old bunker, old it's shield. It's in Azerbaijan. Yes. Is that uh, where it is? No. <laughs> I just wanted to pick an obscure name. It's, it's someplace, uh, yeah, obscure. Uh, probably like England or something. <laughs> but uh, no, it goes. they go to some bunker that S.H.I.E.L.D. used to operate and everything. And they go, they plug in the flash drive, and they find out that Zola is still alive in computer form. Digitally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that Johnny Depp movie, Transcendence. I was just going to make that reference. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> no. That movie is balls in what a bad is way. Isn't it uh, uh, no, the guy that works with Nolan? He directed that. Maybe. It wasn't Jonathan Nolan, but it was uh, Transcendence. Is the, oh, Transcendence. Yeah, yeah, I never saw that. The movie's <laughs> bonkers. And not, and not it's not a good one? Not fun. It's not even fun, bad fun. It's just bad. They've kept Zola's brain inside these millions of, like, you know, early 1950s ibm computers or whatever the hell it is and um and so he he assures them essentially you are talking to the zola i just don't have my body anymore uh zola then proceeds to tell them every fucking thing yeah man about i've got you yeah but this is all a diversion to so because there's missiles coming Mm -hmm. but here by the way here's a bunch of information that's really useful to you (laughs) later on uh, these bombs are coming, and I know you're Captain America, and you've survived things like this before. But uh, I really, really wanted to just, I, and I actually want to tell you that there's missiles coming. <laughs> like if he just didn't say there were missiles exactly. coming, exactly, they'd just be standing there. <laughs> They're filling their missiles. <laughs> we don't have time to fuck around. Um, it's Wally Fister, by the way. It is at oh, uh, transcendence. Nice. Uh, every bit. I think this is the quintessential bad guy monologuing right yes like there's no good reason for him to tell them the information there's no good reason for him to tell them that missiles are coming and if if he just shut the fuck up they'd be dead (laughs) yeah all he has to do is sit there and like regale cap with a whole bunch of like just interesting information and something and then suddenly boom yeah so just tell him shit he doesn't know about bucky like where his birthmark is and And this this will i'm gonna go ahead and 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 say this is a curious moment for uh civil war later there is the briefest oh my god it's like a fragment of a second of how howard stark dies and his and his wife die and that is the basis for Cap knowing how Tony's dad died is is finding seeing that one fragment wow show up that none of us could possibly see during the middle of all this exposition dump that becomes the basis for the big fucking battle at the yep. end of the Civil War. Yep. Um. So uh. So yeah. After that, um. The Winter Soldier is uh is tasked to kill Cap and Black Widow and all these people and everything, but they find. They find Maria Hill. Actually, there's a big battle. 
they could kill Cap there, but they're like, there's helicopters around, like media helicopters. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's the, it's the guy, God, I can't remember his name. Frank Grillo? Uh, Frank Grillo, yeah. Uh, who is, uh, who is, uh, who takes them into a van and they're going to drive them off somewhere and kill them. <laughs> and, and Maria Hill somehow infiltrated those vans. Yes, she did. And, uh, and she waited. She waited for like a good hour until finally someone, said something to somebody to knock out the other guard i don't know um <laughs> they uh they they escape uh through there and then they find uh another like sort of they find where they've been housing fury this whole time fury is alive they gave him some drug that made it look like he was dead uh, yes and oh that's never been done before that's right and like uh, romeo and juliet <laughs> yes Just, by the way i clicked on hbo the other day because romeo and juliet was on the and I was like, Leo version? Uh, you know, regardless of which version it is, either the Zeffirelli version or the Boz Lerman, like it'd be good to watch for 30 minutes or something like that. Sure. It's a completely different version from like 2013 or something Sweet. like that. Who's in it? Paul Giamatti. Is it in Romeo and Juliet? Uh, yeah, he's not either of the main characters, but he's like, he's like the, the, uh, the priest. The priest. Yeah. That's the only scene that I saw because I was so pissed off. That this wasn't either of the Romeo and Juliets that I wanted to see. That's infuriating, isn't it? <laughs> so to find out that there's like not only is it not the movie you thought it was, but there's this whole other movie that existed. Yeah, that didn't even and know it's about. fairly highly rated according to Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Fuck it. Um, Fury uh, ends up telling them that they uh, they need to they need to stop these big hovercraft things because the hover the, there's these hovercraft things that shield slash well. Hydra is going to infiltrate these shield vehicles that mm -hmm. they've been they built, and these things have these like unreal fucking repeated gunfire gun oh. things on them, and they can like find using the Zola algorithm. They're using to find all these people that you know that are going to be problem for Hydra and just blow away millions of people with these things. What a stupid plan! Yeah, that's a stupid plan. Yeah, God damn. Uh, it ends up being that uh, that Cap uh needs to they need to get on these things they need to change one little chip on each on all three of them need to change a chip on all this and of course bucky's there winter soldier he's got to fight up fight against his best friend and everything he uh, gets shot the hell up in this yeah, final scene too. he does um and then cap does the whole i know the good is inside you right. thing never um, seen that before yeah exactly and uh ends up he cap ends up after i think after getting shot a whole bunch of times falls into the water bucky mm -hmm. saves him mm-hmm um so One yeah bucky i'm gonna i'm gonna just read off how i wrote this right. in the notes for curious moments it's a it's a paragraph okay <laughs> cat putting that flash drive in the vending machine maybe he thought there was no other safe place to put it before he talks to pierce but that seems reckless also when zola tells cap and black widow how the ultimate plan was to fund these hovercraft so that project insight could take place so project insight is this point is thing where they're going to kill all these people and everything he says that um the ultimate reason Zola gives for getting for getting the funding for this whole thing is this is that they've they've sort of infiltrated the media. They've gotten everybody to distrust each other and so on and so forth. But this thing wouldn't have even happened if it wasn't for the stuff in the Avengers. Nick Fury actually tells us that at the beginning when he's showing Cap all these hovercraft that they're using and everything. They would have never gotten to this point where they were able to kill a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. if it wasn't for 
the Avengers and the aliens coming mm-hmm. down. So all the stuff Hydra did up to that point would not have led to these hovercraft. Right. Uh, let's see. The split second that Cap sees how Tony's parents died, which becomes a major sticking point in Civil War. Um, oh, yeah. And then I've said this a million times. The Emil Zola, uh, I, I, that one random guy you threw off the train, let's go back up to the mountains <laughs> and find him and turn him into the Winter Soldier. Um, the Yeah, the exposition dump. We talked about that. Um, uh, Winter Soldier is about to kill Fury, but finds out Fury's burned a hole in the road. I think we've talked about all this um a hydra agent tells cap that the zola oh here's the here's the one i was going to talk about with the zola algorithm so there's a a guy on the boat at the beginning was a hydra agent all along he was stuck in that in those hostages Mm -hmm. and everything they find out that he's a nut he's you know he's a big he's a he's a hydra guy too working in shield and so they have this guy on a rooftop and he's like, the Zola algorithm, it tells us everybody who's going to be a problem for Hydra later and everything. And he mentions Stephen Strange. Oh, wow. And I don't think any fucking algorithm is going to tell you that this, at this, at, remember who Stephen Strange is at this point. He's a doctor, very self-obsessed. He doesn't seem to have any other kind of, he, he definitely doesn't have powers at this point. So the movie is basically saying math can predict who is going to unexpectedly get bit by a spider. Yeah, basically. And that's not possible. And it math was, doesn't work that way. It was fun. I mean, I'm sure it was fun for people to hear Stephen Strange's name in this whole thing. But there is, I don't think there's any algorithm on this earth that would have told you that this obsessed, this self-obsessed doctor who knows a lot of music trivia mm-hmm. is going to become a, a big, like, you know, a, a big a sorcerer. Uh, yeah, he's going to be anything that is a threat to Hydra. Maybe they think anybody smart is. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's a possibility. Okay, maybe they're targeting all the smart people. Maybe it's all smart people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, it, I found that very, very, very Well, Ralph curious. Wiggum will be fine. What's that? Ralph Wiggum will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I beat the smart kids. I beat the smart kids. Ow, I bent my Wookiee. Yeah. Uh, there, and, uh, there's no new powers in this for Cap. Uh, I, I make note that Black Widow has some sort of electric armband thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I wanted to make a note um, that in the opening fight with uh, Kiki Guy, mm-hmm. who I don't think I'm ever going to call him anything other than Kiki Guy, <laughs> uh, we have one of these moments of fisticuffs because they fight for a little bit, and then Kiki Guy says, thought you were more than just a shield. Uh-huh. And Cap <laughs> drops his shield and takes off his mask like... Now we're going to fisticuffs it because my pride is on the line. Yeah. And I'm like, why would he fucking do that? Yeah. He would never do that. Yeah. Oh, God. It just stood out to me as a stupid ass. Why do they keep writing characters to do this? I don't know. Oh, he's got a shield. He's going to take him out too easy. That's how it should be. Let's not, let's not forget also that in the, uh, in this final, in this, there's a big, huge final battle here where it's like caps up in the hovercraft and then there's Black Widow is in the shield headquarters and, and you don't know she's in the shield headquarters until she pulls off her mission in possible mask yeah because she's robert redford right she's uh one of the other people oh, okay that were okay. a hologram earlier <laughs> yeah. um and they're there in person they're now. about to toast to the uh, the end of hundreds of thousands of people something right? like that yeah. and uh and so like yeah that's something that seems like could have been useful they could have used later on those mission impossible like very like realistic masks mm-hmm. like that it's not it's even better than mission impossible's mask because it's like a digital like you know you can't even there's no way to tell mm-hmm. and um and uh we haven't seen that since. man i mm-hmm. think hydra if they had that good of an algorithm they should have just 
been biding their time waiting for Thanos. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why Why bother taking on your enemies and shooting hundreds of thousands of people if in a few years an alien god is going to come down to Earth and try to do the same thing? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know about Thanos. But their algor- I'm saying their algorithm, if it could predict Dr. Stephen Strange would be a sorcerer, it should have goddamn predicted oh, yeah. Thanos. <laughs> it probably should have. Pro- if it's that good, for sure. Um, so the end credit scene here, there's a mid-credit scene that shows that Hydra has Loki's scepter and therefore an Infinity Stone. Um, also shows it's been housing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, oh, right. I forgot about that. And they, and they have also been created through the synthesization of the Mind Stone. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of the stuff with the Mind Stone keeps coming. The Mind Stone is probably the most used of mm. all the things. Although I don't, I don't know if I'll ever understand why the Mind Stone gives her mind powers, but it makes him super fast. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, but yeah, we see them. They're they're behind these little glass things or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, and um, <laughs> holy shit, an Olsen. Yeah. Um, then uh, the very end credit scene is Bucky at the Smithsonian, seeing his own little mm. display. The Stan Lee cameo. He's a guard at the Smithsonian because Cap loses his uh, his uniform, so he goes to the Smithsonian and steals yeah. the old one after having gone through his his own exhibit, right? yeah I think why does so. he even have to have a uniform why can't he fight in jeans and a white t-shirt mm. i don't know he's it's like the uniform is just cloth right yeah i'm I'm being serious here i'm not trying to be funny he's not the captain of uniforms yeah make a big deal out of it like i lost my suit i need a suit yeah. it's not like he's tony tony can't go into battle without a suit mm-hmm. i'm sorry just doesn't make any sense to me all right it's time to talk about movie again yay, yay movie movie um yeah Love these guys yeah man absolutely and uh this past week they put up an orson wells movie that i had not seen called the trial based on the franz kafka yeah yeah um, that looks amazing what would you think uh now okay so first off this movie is very strange because <laughs> it is shot like a dream it oh. is a, and it's not like one of those oh, it's kind of like a dream like eyes wide shut or anything like that this is very much like a dream the entire like there's a scene really interesting scene in there where he's he's watching a concert and this is by the way this is completely like disconnected this is anthony perkins uh in this movie uh it's completely disconnected from what happened before it like he's he's like talking to somebody and then suddenly he's at a concert uh (laughs) he's at a concert and uh this woman comes up behind him and gives him a note and and he and he's like okay i gotta go somewhere whatever he gets up and he goes behind and you see the girl who gave him the note and he's like starts to walk down the 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 aisle and then this movie just very expertly cuts and he's again looking for that aisle that he needs to find and that girl's still there and everything and there's just a lot of just just striking imagery all the way through it it is beautifully shot it is one of those it's one of those where wells is also using like a it's like a uh, i don't know if it's a it's not really a low angle shot but Mm -hmm. it's it's a little it's it's a little bit between low and medium so you see the ceilings of everything huh and like it's just the way everything is shot is just kind of like whoa okay it really puts you in this sort of 
weird dreamlike you know state and the the continuity is really just an interesting part of it god that guy was such a freaking genius yeah and that's what you get through this whole thing he he primes you up for it at the very beginning he show he tells you the there's a apparently a i've never read the trial before but Mm. there's a sort of a fable or something that's in it where a guy goes to uh he goes to a guard he he's looking for the law he's looking for the law hmm. and the guy won't let him in the entire time and this guy like sort of wastes away waiting to get inside this magical door of some sort and by the end of it the guard's like well i'm going to close this door and he's like well wait a minute this whole time i've seen you know i've said uh uh this whole time i've never seen anybody else come up here he's like well this door was always meant for you you were the only one who could go through it and then he closes the door oh and he's like he's like many in orson wells is a, the narrator at the uh-huh. beginning and everything he's like you know uh, some people may say that this the, the narrative structure of this is like a dream huh. and so like everything after that is like a dream anthony perkins going through the, the very very the he's he's accosted by some detective who tells him you're under arrest what am i under arrest for they never say oh, never wow. say and uh and so he keeps and he keeps running in all these women it's funny like these women who are there to help him but like almost every woman that's in this dream wants to have sex with him oh every single Good. one of them yeah sounds yeah, like one of my dreams yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's so, crazy man like you you think about Orson Welles and you think about Citizen Kane and the Third Man and stuff like that, and it's like a great director that you probably wouldn't access this movie, you know, unless you really, really went out of your way to to find it. Now, the Third Man is Carol Reed. He was in but the he movie. Was, he, was he was in, in the, the movie. movie. Right. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm talking about movies that you associate yeah, with yeah, or, yeah. Orson Welles. Uh, this is not one that I've even heard of, mm-hmm. but it's something that I really want to watch. Yeah, this was 1962. It was right after Psycho for Anthony Perkins. Um, but so yeah. before Psycho 2? <laughs> yeah, before Psycho 2. <laughs> um, I've been on, they've got two new promotions that are coming out. One is called The Art of the Real. So they're, they're doing these like really well-done documentaries. Mm-hmm. And one of them takes place in Brazil. Similar type of neighborhood is in uh, City of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about these two women that are just trying to get by, trying to do something with themselves in the slums of this Brazilian town. Mm-hmm. And it's raw and it's at times joyful. And these perform, it, it's not a performance because it's a documentary, but the way these two women in particular come off on camera is striking. What was this one called? It's called Baronessa. Oh, okay. And it's, it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely would re- recommend this. And then, the next one that they're going to go into is a con, as in Cannes uh, Film Festival <laughs> um, type of lineup. So it's going to be a lot of European directors, a lot of European films, and I cannot wait to watch it. One of them, I guess it's a spoiler, is a, a movie that I have seen that is gorgeous. Blue is the warmest color. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that had some traction here uh, yeah, it for, did. for various reasons. It's uh, kind of got some controversy attached now, too. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is a gorgeous movie to watch yeah it's I'm, beautiful looking mm. um but no, uh knowing a little bit of the backstory both of the actresses have come out since and said that it wasn't exactly the friendliest yeah set or environment right, right, for right. women yeah but so. uh yeah that movie uh I, you know there's there's obviously a lot of you know like you know sexual intrigue mm-hmm. to go watch that movie and everything but what I came out of it going was, man, that was really good. Yeah. It's like something that every once in a while a movie like that comes out and you're like, ah, okay, you just wanted to show us some naked girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one was really well done. Yeah, and really well acted. The Adele X. Ex- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. mean sometimes they make movies just with nudity 
just to titillate yeah <laughs> i know I, it's so weird sometimes man wow they don't have the art in mind they're in it for the money not the size <laughs> well not every movie on movie has a lot of nudity but there is some mm-hmm. there is some that has not every movie has anthony perkins right but there are some mm-hmm. uh so if you want to watch this wonderful wonderful content with all the stuff that's coming up but with all the stuff that's on there now Go to Mubi.com slash CinemaSins. It's M-U-B-I dot com slash CinemaSins. You get 30 free days. It's a 30-day free trial. Yeah, and and it will give, it'll show you. It's designed to show you stuff that you wouldn't stumble across on your own yeah. uh, if you want to sort of take your filmography to the next level <laughs> in terms of as a viewer. Uh, and, and you're going to get 60 different options during that 30-day trial mm-hmm. um i just don't i don't see any risk there's no catch no you're gonna trying, love it i'm not trying to fool you yeah we like movies and so does movie they love movies they <laughs> love movies so much so that they're at the con film festival yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> that's kind of awesome <laughs> yeah some of them are some of them uh had to stay and hold down the fort oh uh but yeah they're they're completely into it so we trust them we rec- can't recommend it enough yeah so movie.com slash cinema sense um the next one is guardians of the galaxy yeah and i think this is where marvel movies start almost always becoming uh a sure thing like Mm -hmm. like good and just almost even if you don't like it as much as everybody else it's almost always solid it's because this is where they made the departure completely from dc because they made it funny from marvel no from dc from dc because they made it funny Mm -hmm. this is one of the funnier movies i've seen in a long time mm-hmm. definitely probably one of the most one of the funniest mcu movies yeah and this this is my favorite of this whole phase two by far and it really set off the the fact that you can have these stakes and you can have these stories but you can have a lot of humor stuck in there and it and it won't detract from it and you saw it perfectly in infinity war yeah and now i say that of course ultron is still uh hovering around so that's it's uh, i don't know if i want to consider that but solid. that was really the only departure because ant-man uh gets back to humor at least regardless of how much we like it and then the phase three movie or the face yeah phase three movies mm-hmm. typically have yeah, some humor in it they, so, they, they have but yeah this... you're all right ultron is definitely not in this vein yeah um a lot to cover here obviously too but uh peter quill um as a as a kid he watches his mom die uh he immediately gets taken into a spaceship and and now we're 26 years later he's on some other planet and this is another infinity stone yeah and this is the um what is this one power stone and guardians of the galaxy is purple because the aether and thor the dark world already took red Oh, and in the oh. comics, the Power Stone is red? Right. Interesting. So, yeah, it's the Power Stone. Uh, so we see him on this planet at the very beginning uh, going to take this. It's an orb for mm-hmm. the most part. We don't know that it's an Infinity Stone, and this is, I guess, the only way that normal people can actually carry this thing around and everything is by having, a like, the Tesseract, and here's the orb. And this it. thing is casually fucked around just, man yeah one of the most powerful things in the universe and it's just like just rolling down streets kicking it They're on just, this old planet yeah uh he goes there and just so happens that oh no jaiman hansu and his crew is going to see it at the same time yeah. i don't know how that happens but anyway he he ends up uh getting away from them and flying off and uh so and a very cool opening sequence by the way i yeah. loved this well the opening sequence is of his mom dying which is a huge bummer but then yeah. he goes you know he's all like dancing to his walkman mm-hmm. and all that stuff i'll tell you what the him 
rap microphoning while he's dancing <laughs> is probably going to end up being one of the most iconic images for me uh -huh. in the MCU because yeah. it's just it's, that's just pure joy that whole sequence in there where he's listening to the song dancing doing what he came to do kicking rats but using one as a goddamn microphone it's oh awesome. yeah hey, hey. <laughs> what um now he he is uh his uh what we find out throughout the you know the the guardians of the galaxy arc is that his basic father figure is the michael rooker character mm -hmm. um who is pissed off? He's pissed off at him. This movie. yeah, he's pissed off at him because Yondu wants this orb because he wants to sell it and divide the plunder among everybody or whatever. But Quill does not want to give it to him, mm. and he wants to sell it for himself. So he goes to Xandar and tries to sell it to somebody. But then uh, Quill has found out that Thanos, or actually the the other guy the other villain in this wants ronan it. ronan yeah wants yeah it. ronan has a big kill boner for xandar right <laughs> yeah because they did something wrong did to his ancestors to his, or and whatever. killed all of his uh yeah like killed his father and his father's father and so on we get the whole thing He's on the ronan the accuser right <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah silly um it's but once this guy finds out that ronan wants it he's like get the fuck out of my shop quill <laughs> so quill goes out and then there's so now you have uh somebody who uh that ronan has sent which is gamora gamora has come down to to steal this orb i don't think she's gonna go and give it to ronan later i think she wants to steal it and hide it somewhere but she wants to get it from quill then you have rocket and groot are down on xandar and they just happen to see something that they can get a lot of money for and they want it I'm sorry, let me ask you, mm. why is Gamora, she, she's trying to get the orb for Thanos, right? No. Or is she already rogue from Thanos at this point? I think she's already broken from him at this point. Okay. I think the whole reason she wants it is, now maybe maybe they're saying she does want to give it to him? I don't know. I thought Wait. the whole thing was... Now I'm remembering, isn't there a scene with Thanos, Nebula, and Ronan? Yeah, Thanos has tasked Ronan to get the stone. He's tasked Gamora to get it. Gamora obviously isn't going to give it to Thanos. Right. Oh, well, Ronan sends Gamora after the orb. That's what I'm saying. That's why she's on Xandar at this point. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, Thanos giving people, you know, the authority well, she, is, is weird enough. But just, then he says, Ronan, why don't you do this? And sends fucking Gamora. Yeah, he's... he's at this point, Thanos doesn't seem to really want these stones yeah. at all. He's like, he's just handing one over to Loki yeah. and... And, uh, you know, he, it's, I don't really know if they know what his, his deal is. I'm going to guess they don't because, um, I saw on Reddit, I didn't make this up or spot it myself. I don't want to take credit, but in the digital prisoner lineup scene where there's mm -hmm. a laugh and Quill does the crank up F you, mm -hmm. it says under Gamora last survivor of planet, whatever, mm -hmm. but in infinity war, we know that half of the people survive. Do we know though that sh that half people survive on that? Even though that was Thanos's thing, like it felt like everybody dies in behind behind. Uh... I felt like, well, god damn! I thought the movie was pretty clear. I could be wrong. I only saw it the once. <laughs> that 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 does become his thing to kill ha half of everybody or whatever. But maybe maybe the other half is somewhere off screen. But as soon as he tells her to turn around. They just blow away all those people behind her, and there doesn't seem to be anybody left. Mm. But who knows? I thought they had only lined up half the people. Maybe. 
but they're just not anybody live. After. Well, whoever posted it to Reddit agreed with me in that in their interpretation because they were basically saying they clearly didn't know where they were going with Infinity War oh, when they did Guardians. It yeah. could be. I mean, I didn't. I haven't. I haven't looked at that scene close enough. I just assumed everybody died in that. Now I'm sure they knew. I'm sure the. I'm sure the Marvel guys knew. Thanos is eventually going to get the stones in the glove because that's pretty much what he's known for in the mm. comics. Um, I think there are multiple story arcs of him trying to get the stones in the glove and the whatnot. Um, but exactly how they were going to get there, I don't think they had worked it all out mm. yet. Yeah, and then and at this point, we uh, we don't know we don't we don't know that that's maybe Gamora is going to bring it back to him. I mean, that is her motivation, but it seems to be by Infinity War, she's trying to keep these Infinity Stones away from people who can use them and and I have I get the sense that she should she would have gotten this from Peter mm-hmm. and would have hidden it or flown away with it or something yeah. like that. Um so uh they they all get in a fight over the stone they end up getting taken to this prison. Um and uh then uh they all have a they sort of just bond in prison. Mm-hmm. Rocket creates this whole prison break uh thing. So and great! It's a I great love prison that break. whole scene. Yeah, I love the colors in this uh, in this prison. Mm-hmm. Oh I man, I do still. I, just... I still can't. I mean, I can't shake wondering why they all got to sleep on the floor in big piles. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's true. Like I ain't any kind of proper prison. No, no. But I do love the prison sequence. I almost said a second ago, this is where the movie really kicks in. Yeah, man. Yeah. High gear fun, and it just doesn't really stop. You've got you've got Rocket really going crazy with getting the guy's leg or arm or whatever it is. <laughs> And uh, and you've got Groot showing off how powerful he is. Uh, it's it's just really really cool. Yeah. Um. Now after they get after they break out of prison and everything, they try to sell this stone to the they sell the orb to the collector. Mm-hmm. Um. And then one of his dumbass uh, assistants tries to touch the stone. Yeah. And it blows his entire uh, lab or whatever his store up up in flames mm-hmm. essentially uh everybody survives that by yep. the way it just completely blows up and everybody survives yeah, the collector except and, for the assistant well yeah and the collector in his place yeah the well the collect yeah i guess the collector's gone too um although no he's not because at the end there's that howard the duck fucking thing where he's yeah. still around yeah so um oh so then yeah so then yondu comes along and takes them mm-hmm. go 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 ahead if you want to fill in gaps i'm trying to trying to get my bearings here so well it kind of bothered me in infinity war whenever they make the joke about how he saved the world with a dance party because <laughs> mm-hmm. he did and he just distracted the bad guy with the dance party yeah, yeah he did he saved the world because they all were teamwork holding the stone right mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. i know they're probably just being funny but sure seems like quill believes he he ended that with a dance party and that's not what happened <laughs> dance off bro you and me yeah so they're on they were on this they're on this planet where they they try to sell to the collector his his place goes up in flames but then uh ronan comes down mm-hmm. and there's a big aerial fight and eventually they take the orb mm-hmm. um and he kicks drax's ass yes he does um yeah they uh the, the this whole set this whole setup at this point is for uh ronan to go down to xandar and try to just destroy xandar and everything um and that's this is something i didn't understand for the longest time i didn't understand that him touching the stone to the planet was going to cause all this destruction and Mm. everything 
But it seems like he takes forever to do that in this movie. Yeah. Where he, he, all he has to do is just touch the stone to the planet and it blows up. Uh, but there's a, this is ends up in a huge battle at the end. It's got some neat stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the big, like honeycomb shield that the, the good guys all, yeah, yeah. you know, create around the ship and everything. Um, but yeah, this ends up, yeah, dance off and then they, they're able to take the stone and they're all touching it at the same time. My favorite part is when Mazer Rackham does that move where he goes up Mazer Rackham. Mazer Rackham. Razor Rackham. What's his name? <laughs> I, I was trying Mazer to make... Rackham is right, but I can't remember what that's from. It's from the Asa Butterfield spaceship movie. Oh, oh that's right. Ender's Game. <laughs> is it Mazer Rackham? Ben Kingsley. <laughs> because the footage from that that they keep showing in Ender's Game looks very similar to the space fight that, at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. That is very true. That's true. Um, <laughs> Mazer Rackham. I think that's his name. Yeah, that's right. Sweet. Um, Mazer Rackham the Accuser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do like that dance-off scene, though. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because it so subverts all the seriousness that Marvel had built up. You know, Ronan to this point has been essentially invincible, and he's it's, like, Rrr. "It's very similar to Doctor Strange's ending in that they they yeah. chose a humorous way to resolve yeah. their big boss, uh, and it works. It works really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I think Ronan takes the longest, though, touching the uh, the planet is he's already on the planet. He's yeah. got the stone. All he has to do is just boom, and mm-hmm. it's dead. Instead, he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, would a guy <laughs> even notice Quill in that situation? Yeah, like a guy on that quest, <laughs> that close to con- like completing the quest. Yeah. Would, you, would you see would mosquito? You even care? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't care. But oh well, everyone is amused. Evil is punished, and he can hold on to it because he's at this point he's still half god, right? Yeah, although they make know it, it, they make it seem like. He could just touch it by himself and no problem, but they he ends up having to have all this help. Yeah, because he was about to disintegrate, basically, yeah. and he had to hold on to the other one. Now, he does find out that he's half-god right after this, because right. uh, the Xandarians or whatever go and uh, inspect his body, whatever the fuck. I don't know. They do some medical... Looks like you got a little Kurt Russell in yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they, you're, you're, they say you are from... You have something ancient inside of you that we're not quite sure what it is. Mm-hmm uh <laughs> it's a bone it's a kurt russell bone <laughs> yeah i didn't have any real curious moments in this one this mm-hmm. was ex- other than other than ronan not touching the stone to the to the to the planet well and part of it is that everything in this movie is just so goddamn bonkers that there's even less common sense here that you're applying yeah. you would with something like thor the dark world because because I, mean, I, I remember thinking the whole thing is weird in space like doesn't he end up in space and survive like a really long time in space before the mask gets put on and yeah, she has to kiss him does. or something mm-hmm. yeah that that seemed a little stretchy to me yeah although it could be a half god thing where ah see, could they be wrote themselves a, a perfect they excuse they did God damn it. I don't know. I was not expecting really anything when I went to see this movie, and I came out just beaming. I don't think anybody was. It just looked like sort of an off-brand Marvel movie. They could just take a swing. Then James Gunn, who had mm-hmm. done nothing yeah, similar like, to this he did slither which is a you know is a fun you know b movie right um he had done Scooby-Doo. yeah he well, wrote scooby-doo he yeah. wrote scooby-doo but he uh he uh he also had done uh the uh what was the um, he wrote uh dawn of the dead he wrote Dawn of the Dead, but he he did that uh, Rain Wilson uh, superhero super movie. super super. No, yeah. yeah, he had done that, and then he wrote uh, the uh, the Balco experiment. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. But yeah, this is a fun movie. This is still probably, I mean, in of the nineteen movies, I mean, would you put it maybe in the top five? I would. Yes, 
I think so. I would not put its sequel in there, but I would put this right. one. Right. Yeah. This um, one was just, just taking a risk and just swinging for the fences. It it landed for me. Yeah. Uh, I had a weird... This was a theater-going experience. It took a while for this movie to to, to be appreciated by me properly because mm-hmm. I went to see it with my buddy Josh and... We watched like 30 minutes of it, and he got like some kind of 911 text from his wife. His kid was sick, and so mm. he had to leave. And then like the the next day, it may have even been like six hours later, everything was worked out, and we went back and, <laughs> and then watched it again. Uh-huh. And so it's just whenever that kind of disjointed thing happens, it's I don't really get the, the full picture correctly the first time through. But yeah, man, it's awesome. It's probably, I might even put it in the... Well, yeah, it's top five for me, for yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we can all try to rank these by the end of the, mm-hmm. the time That'll we be go fun. that. Um, the, uh, there's a post, there's a post script scene. It goes right after the title where baby Groot is dancing in a pot of like, a, I guess a potted, a pot. Yeah. Like just a, a little pot. Plant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, adorable. Uh, yeah. It's adorable. Every time, uh, Drax turns around <laughs> to see him dancing, he stops. Um, by the way, I saw on Twitter today, something fun as an aside, a teacher had given her students, uh, an assignment to pick a, a Marvel superhero and write their resume. Mm-hmm basically practice resumes i guess probably like a middle school class and some, some enterprising kid chose groot and just, <laughs> just wrote i am groot all over the goddamn oh, resume so great. <laughs> experience i am groot oh, address great. i am groot special skills that's i am so groot. he had to have gotten an a for that right <laughs> yes yeah, so I, I think the post was basically saying i i had to give this kid a good grade yeah um the uh the real the real end credit scene we already talked about the collector and howard the duck somehow mm. shows up what's going on there I don't know, because I I, I mean I I guess on some level Howard the Duck is a Marvel mm-hmm. character in the comics world. I mm-hmm. don't think they're publishing Howard the Duck comics mm-hmm. or have been for a while, and like it's one of the most annoying things about the MCU in its entirety to me is this Howard the Duck thing. Like I don't get it. That was a shitty movie. That was a really everyone movie. hated that movie. Yep. Why are we winking at this? I don't know. Just because it's like maybe the one Marvel property that they haven't put in any movie. I also read yesterday. And he is an alien, too. There's one superhero who's owned by both DC and Marvel. Hmm. And his power is portal control. And his job is to keep the two comics universes from from crashing into each other's worlds. Really? And there's even a couple of official crossovers that DC and Marvel published together where heroes from DC fight heroes from Marvel and this character, this is like his origin story, is that he shows up to stop them and keep them in their own universes. Oh, and and I guess one of them, I don't know if it was DC or Marvel, but I think it was DC, just had him show up in like three frames of a throwaway Green Lantern story arc or something. <laughs> well, say, didn't, hey. didn't DC have a character named Captain Marvel? Well, yeah, that's the well, that's Shazam. Oh. Shazam, yeah, I don't, I don't pretend to know how that all worked out who was first who was second but there were two captain marvels and mm-hmm. one became shazam oh uh, okay uh that probably makes that makes most sense yeah and so it, if i had to guess that would probably mean marvel had published it first and mm. dc came on with their second i don't or know or it could have been mm. one of these issues where they came out with a captain marvel and marvel wasn't existing property at the time and they're like doesn't that isn't that mm. confusing mm. oh yeah, yeah we want to change it ourselves because right. we don't want to give our competitor yeah, yeah. Uh, the Stanley cameo, he's a ladies' man on Xandar. <laughs> they rocket sees him through binoculars and whatever. So he's, he's dead now? Yeah, exactly. The next one is the Avengers Age of Ultron. Ugh. In the bottom five for me. Man, I was looking forward to this movie a yeah. lot. Because yeah. I, li- I love James Spader, and I like his whole, like, you know, his cadence of his, his voice and all that stuff. 
The first Avengers, I loved to pieces. Mm. I was super excited after Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, how did how did they fuck up this? Movie? Joss Whedon was back. That's how, how did they, they fuck this up movie? because they clamped down too hard on Joss. They had to have right. That's well, been, he's that's been, been essentially pretty proved, open about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That a lot of the Thor cave stuff and the farm stuff, like, was sort of forced upon him, and so he didn't really have up. as much say as he wanted. I think the Thor cave stuff, he actually wanted to go further. Well, with he that. did actually. I think he actually filmed it, and they didn't. It was a three-hour cut at yeah. the beginning, and they had to cut out almost everything that made that cave thing make sense. Yeah, yeah. He could have just. You know what? I feel like in that, though, they could have just said, I need to go figure out what's going on, flown off, and then never shown him until he came back later. Mm -hmm. Although, even his why he comes back, it would not be explained. Mm -mm. If you, I mean, I guess they that's why they have to show the cave scene, is to show he's learned something that makes him want to go back to Earth. <sighs> this movie. Does is, he bring the Mind Stone with him? No. How does Vision get the Mind Stone? Uh, the Mind Stone is already down on Earth. Right. This is okay. So by the end of um, uh, Winter Soldier, uh -huh. uh, and this is something we sort of skated over on the end credit scene. Fury and Shield is still kind of trying to operate uh, without buildings and all that. They started basically running out of a van or something like that. And he's like, "There's still Fury's like I just noticed a lot of Hydra agents out there that we still need to get and everything." And that's when it leads to the the one guy who's like got the they've got Hydra's got the scepter mm -hmm. and they've got uh, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and all that they've been synthesizing this thing that's the Mind Stone that's oh, in yeah. the scepter mm -hmm. okay so at the very beginning of Avenger, Avengers Age of Ultron that's the base that they're attacking right okay okay they're attacking this Hydra base that has all this stuff and they've been doing they've been synthesizing this Mind Stone and everything um. Uh, during this battle, uh, obviously they're going to win, but Scarlet Witch like invades the mind of Tony. Mm -hmm. Tony sees the future. Tony sees Captain America dead, shield broken. Everybody's dead. Mm -hmm. Gets him the idea that he needs to build a system that will protect the entire planet. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, they take the Mind Stone, and it's supposed to be like sent off somewhere, but while it's being kept in this one spot or whatever, Tony and Bruce both like what can we do with this technology and everything and they end up trying to build this thing and they build you know, using jarvis and mm -hmm. using all their stuff there's a lot of yada yada there really is in uh, this movie ultron becomes self-aware attacks jarvis in the internet and uh and then and then he sends himself off to wakovia sokovia sokovia <laughs> well, yeah yeah that's funny seconda yeah seconda <laughs> uh going to sokovia he sends himself there um he's just sort of in the internet but he can infuse all these like fucking robots yeah. and stuff like that um the this causes a rift with the uh the avengers because he's been doing this in secret with uh with bruce this whole time to make this make this protective system and everything he hasn't told the other avengers that's what he's doing there's all this distrust now and there's uh um and so yeah there's a sort of a sort of a rift between them and um i mean it's just it's boring yeah it's boring and it sucks and you can tell i mean th just these things that piss me off about it the cg in the the opening battle that is just we should be past this at this point mm. it's so horrible 
And then the storyline, there's there's that point where uh, where Tony's like, please let there be a secret door. Please let there be a secret door. Yeah. And there's a secret Yay! door. And it's like, God damn. Everything is lazy about this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, nothing's nothing's ever going to bother me about this movie more than that that final battle and that, that feeling like one of those music videos where they obviously couldn't get Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj on the same set for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And that's what this final battle feels like in how many shots are close up mm -hmm. tight and you've you've articulated it far better than i have before but again here's thor swinging his hammer vision flies by with a beam iron man does a hand push and it's just like like eight minutes of that instead of them working together like they did in the original exactly yeah. and them working together has become let's stand in a circle with our backs you know to the inside of the circle yep and we'll all do our own thing and this this killer, sentient, AI genius, badass villain, we boil this movie down to a bunch of mindless bots, pawns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just have to take, if we take out enough of the pawns. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, you and had to build a vision to do that? The movie makes it feel like vision is a necessity. We gotta create this thing. It's gonna help us, or we can't take out Ultron. And then he's just another guy punching th things. Exactly. Yeah, he's punching things, and then Ultron dies like three times. Seriously, three times. Yeah, he does kind of. He gets killed die. by Cap and Tony. He gets killed by. But he gets he gets killed in his robot form or whatever, and he's always in the internet. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, always yeah. go. To That's the thing. He's never he's never dead that way. Like if you kill the physical form he's always still in and what is his plan he's gonna lift a chunk of this rock up into the air yeah, and, drop and drop it like it. an asteroid it'll be like yeah it'll and be and it'll a be nuclear winner basically yes um okay seems he's he now the the reason why this is uh, put into motion is first off he doesn't see he wants to he's he was built to sa built to save humanity but his computer brain has has gotten to the point where the logic is killing all of you is like saving you Yep. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, that's his computer logic. Um, uh, so it's Thanos logic. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. um, it is. So he goes. the The first thing that Ultron wants to do is is steal vibranium, which he knows that this Ulysses Claw guy, which is Andy Serkis, mm -hmm. has a bunch of. So he takes Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Who that was another thing that I didn't understand. He goes to Sokovia. And he's in this robot form or whatever. I don't know how he called this meeting with Scarlet <laughs> Witch and Quicksilver. Did he? Did he send a? He sent him an email. Yeah, yeah. He sent him, you know, like a Western Union or something. I don't know what it was. Come to me. But he knew. He knew. They knew to go to this church where he's in the middle of this, yeah. and he starts giving them the history of the fucking church. <laughs> this is one of the things that I always can't stand about villains and movies. Is like, you know, they built this thing in 1857 when blah blah blah, and it's all set up to this sinister shit that he's about to do. This church. Yeah. But yeah, they go and they find Ulysses, Ulysses Claw on this boat or whatever, and the Avengers find out that he's going to go there, so there's a big fight there. Scarlet Witch invades the minds of almost everybody except Hawkeye. Yeah, he's he's already been there. Yeah, Hawkeye's like, I've already got done the mind control thing, so therefore I cannot be mind controlled. Yeah, um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, uh, after this, they this is where the farm thing happens because everybody has been their mind's been invaded. They all have these visions of the future that are troubling to them. Um, they go to the farm and like Thor's like ah these these horrible visions I've had. I'm gonna have to fly off to he flies to London. Yep, and uh, Selvig, you know, is like 
they can say, here, go into this pool. It can, it can hurt you, but go ahead and do it. <laughs> I don't even know why he knows about the pool. We haven't even heard about the pool at this point. It's mm-hmm. the most dumbfounding scene I've ever watched yep. in a movie. Um, I, I watched this, I think, on opening day, mm-hmm. and I watched it in IMAX, and I was like, this is the most confusing scene I've ever watched. And they never come back to it no. until Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, even then, they don't really go back to it they don't really just like i've been searching for this thing for a while yeah um yeah so the 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 thought to to build vision comes into all this whole thing they have uh they uh jarvis has been jarvis is like was crushed by ultron so they want to revive jarvis there and there's this other lady building some sort of like uh regenerative uh serum of some sort like it can heal limbs and all that so they infuse that into him they infuse the they use the mind stone and then thor comes down like to to he he wants vision alive because mm-hmm. of all the stuff that they didn't show in the movie <laughs> he comes down and with a lightning he he creates you know vision comes to life and yep. everything and it holds the the hammer too yeah he holds he's able to hold the hammer and i guess it's because it was part of that that electricity that uh, went through him and everything mm-hmm. but uh yeah and then yeah you're right vision just becomes another you know yeah he's set up to be this absolute like perfect ethereal figure the only foil for uh for ultron Mm -hmm. and then he's just part of the team instead of just send vision to do it and we'll we'll even hang back here this is again this is i know i I talk too much about the powers not being explained or at least the comparative nature of the powers but this movie sells you a vision that no future movie ever pays off. Mm-hmm. It sells you Jesus Christ in robot superhero form. And in future movies, he's just Thor, Captain America. Yeah. He can fly. He May- can go through shit, right? Like, he could go through walls and everything? Not if he gets stabbed with something and then can't phase anymore. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. The... the- this movie's a fucking mess. Are we by are we alone on this? No. By the way? I think even I think even most Marvel fanboys who would love the movies we don't like Winter Soldier and Civil mm-hmm. War are down on Ultron. Yeah. I think it's generally considered okay. a misstep. Okay. Yeah. Um and I wanted to like it like I said, man, but Well, one of the biggest problems is that you made this this you created a villain that shouldn't be quipping. Yeah. <laughs> and he, exactly. Then you cast James Spader so you had to write him to be quippy. Mm-hmm. and imagine like hal is menacing in 2001 because he's not quippy yeah mm-hmm. he's polite he talks like a computer that's harmless and not anything you should be afraid of and it's the things he's saying and doing that are terrifying mm-hmm. and they could have taken that angle with ultron instead of making him have all these zingy one there are no strings on me by yeah. the way the the one detail that i've missed in this whole plot thing because i i was talking about the vibranium and how he's I was like, he gets the vibranium, and I thought in my mind because it's been now, it's been a while since I've seen Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. It's been a few weeks now, and I'm like, I haven't remember all this stuff. He wants to get the vibranium to create this new being, which is going to be Vision. This is going to be the the container. He's got it in a container, vibranium being. He's going to use this Cho, this, but he uh, wants to put his own brain in it. He wants right? to put his own brain in it. He wants to put. He's going to have this regenerative quality to it and everything. And then the Avengers go and take that away from it. Okay, so that's what it was originally going to be. But then the the actual plan later after that is to use the vibranium to wait this 
this land that Sokovia is in, you know, is on or whatever hmm. to be able to crash it into the earth and question why didn't he just mind hack the nukes i don't know i don't know he's got access to everything or i mean fly into space and find an asteroid and there throw it at are earth. a million ways that he could fuck up the earth that don't involve lifting up a chunk of yes. some and eastern european yes. let's not forget too once he gets this uh once he gets this thing up in the air he actually all he has to do is touch the little thing in the center and it and it and it goes to the ground it falls and it cra- it, it it kills a lot of people yeah and uh he even he, he even at one point is like well i could do it now but and that would kill so many people but i i'm gonna wait and like this is while during this whole battle and eventually he even gets to the part where he wants to be mm-hmm. and he can just touch it all he has to do is touch it and there's no he doesn't yeah. <laughs> and um and uh yeah the battle at the end of this thing we you know we had already discussed this before but yeah this is where i just don't i don't i check out i check mm-hmm. out you might like seeing hulk do that and oh thor is doing that and captain america is doing that i don't Mm-mm. you gotta show me uh, you gotta give me a sense of place here you gotta show me this action happening where out like fucking 40 million cuts going on mm. during it and this is where this happens a lot in this. Yeah, the cuts, the CG, like the the close-ups, just everything is almost like unnerving about it, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's not like you're sitting down like glued to the screen. It's like the fuck is going on here. Yeah. Um and uh, by the end of it though, the the way they solve this problem is that um Thor does something with his hammer. That's I don't really get. <laughs> yep. He does something with his hammer. He does that whole like you know like the thing where he slams the hammer and they're trying to break it into pieces. Right. Anyway. Iron Man meanwhile is at the top. He's doing something, and but yeah, it requires Thor to do his thing and Iron Man to do his thing, and they break the thing into a whole bunch of pieces so that it's not one big piece to fall down. And they um, still end up killing a lot of people, right? Uh yes, yeah, because, because that's, that's the Sokovia Accords, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, because mm-hmm. almost every at, mm-hmm. this is where all the comic book movies, by the way, DC and Marvel, start ha- being self conscious about, and this is it becomes off so fake. It does. Yeah. Well, both of them too. Yeah, because because in the first Avengers, they had no qualms of Hulk going around smashing fifty buildings with peop- innocent people in them. Yeah. All for your amusement. And Batman v Superman has like eleven different news people talking about how empty the downtown area is right now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is gone. Yeah. Don't worry about those fake people. Okay, so curious moments I wrote on here. The Thor interlude. How about sudden Linda Cardellini? Yeah, yeah. Who, for some reason, uh, Hollywood considers worthless. I guess. I guess because they put her in Daddy's home. Yeah, she's worthless in that. Yeah, she's in Scooby Doo. She's in Scooby Doo. But not giving anything to do this. She's oh, she's Hawkeye's wife. wife. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Hawkeye has a wife. Yeah, that's another. Of course. By the way, this is a this is a thing that they've sort of put a thread through that they haven't really. I guess they're waiting to see if they're ever come out with a Black Widow movie or whatever, but. Uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye have this relationship from the past mm-hmm. where Hawkeye was sent to kill her mm-hmm. and and he ended up not doing it. That's never explained why it was okay for him not to do that. But they become friends. And so that's why when Black Widow goes to their residence and knows the kids and all that, and she's like, 
name your next, you know, name your kid Natasha or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a thread there that hasn't really quite been like fully explained. It's yet. also like, cause she's got attractions with Captain America and Hulk at this point. It seems like in Civil well, War that they they started in, potentially well, a romantic. Well, it's group. in Winter Soldier where you mm-hmm. where they first have the 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 thing where um, they're going up the escalator yeah, and she's and like kiss me and all that. But I never got the sense that there was a like a thing happening though. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem like now she does sort of allude to it later on in uh is it in Civil War? I don't know. It but, might be in Ultron that she alludes to it and um no, it's in it's in Civil War because the um the the daughter uh, the not the, the niece of Agent Carter mm-hmm. is the love interest in Civil War, and there's a point where she makes some sort of like comment like like that she's done stuff with Captain America mm-hmm. or whatever. And well, I'll even blow your mind further. At the very beginning of Winter Soldier, um, right when Cap meets Falcon, they've just met. Um, she pulls up because Cap has to go on a mission, and Falcon bends down and does like a Joey from Friends, like "How you doing?" <laughs> and she's like, "Hey," and then she drives off, and I'll, and it's played as a total like we don't really know who she's going to end up with yet, so we're going to have her flirt with a bunch of different people. Yeah, but she definitely flirts hard with Bruce. And that's one. one thing we we forgot to mention with Winter Soldier because I think they've sort of uh, stuck Falcon to this. It's he's on he's not a great character at this point, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his story is good. The story of him being in the Avengers is good, but his his flights he's an Iron Man with with wings with wings and guns. Yeah, everything he does is what Iron Man does essentially. Yeah, well, just watch Infinity War. He and Rhodey are both flying over the battle, doing essentially the same exact fucking thing as each Mm -hmm. other. Yeah, so there's really no there's no point in him having this Falcon outfit anymore because there's nothing to it that Tony couldn't just give him a suit for. Right. Uh, and of course, we'll get into uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming and all that when you know he's got a suit as well. It's almost getting to the point now where you're like you could just put anybody in a human in a suit mm-hmm. at this point and just be all Iron Man. Yep. There's got to be. I wish they had made sort of a a, a, a sort of a failsafe here where not just anybody can get in these suits. Yeah something something that that you know maybe g-forces or some shit or like well, falcon used to be a fighter pilot i guess that's how yeah they... you could have i mean you could easily early on have just made tony build these things out of one of these rare marvel precious metals adamantium unobtaining <laughs> vibranium um and then it would be a limited thing so he couldn't just build a million suits forever mm-hmm. and ever and i don't know that it it does sort of feel that way and and vision is just another yep. iron man yep. it's just another iron man mm-hmm. yep. um i did i wrote down there's so so uh, so-called new powers in this iron man has the ability to shoot a beam out of his chest now which i had never seen mm-hmm. before um it's his care bear stare yeah yes <laughs> it's it is unikitty it is um scarlet witch who we're we were just being introduced to at this point can control minds you can shoot some sort of red energy out mm-hmm. to kill people uh quicksilver is obviously insanely fast of course we've seen him in two different iterations and this is the much worse version. The, yeah yeah um and the much more romanian version yes, and the much is. more dead version yeah right yep indeed um, spoiler barrett spoiler yeah god yeah. damn and in huh. this one they find they give black widow some more electric shit that she can wear she's got electric batons yes yeah. uh, pro- probably also introduced on agents of shield and i could give a rat's ass right uh in credit scene so the mid credit scene is uh the only uh end credit scene which is amazing uh features thanos grabbing the gauntlet 
and saying, I guess I'll have to do this myself. Yeah. Which, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, exactly. The Stanley cameo, he's the World War II veteran who drinks too much at the Avengers party and is carried out. <laughs> and then, shockingly, Ant-Man ends phase two. That's such a bizarre, weird thing. I, I don't know how they came up with I this. think th it was the scheduling as much as because in m most cases the phases kind of feel natural from a storytelling perspective mm -hmm. or at least from a from a beat emotional beat kind of perspective and and it feels like Ultron should have been the end mm -hmm. uh, Ant-Man obviously uh was supposed to be Edgar Wright he is still credited in this Peyton Reed directs this movie but there's a a, a, a big number of writers on Ant-Man Edgar Wright Adam McKay Paul Rudd Joe Cornish, they're all they're all part of the writing team on this. Mm -hmm. But I just wish again, I just wish we could see the Edgar Wright version of this. Simon Pegg, did he write any of it? No, because no. he usually does a lot of tweaks on Edgar Wright stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, he I think he's so. Usually one of the writers. For... I think so, but I don't. Not in this case. Interesting. And, unless it's uncredited or and nobody knows about it. Could be. Um. Uh. So this is Scott Lang. Paul Rudd is playing Scott Lang. He's he gets he's uh, gets out of prison. Uh, his buddy Michael Pena tells him about this job. He's like, I don't want to do that. I gotta. I want to see my daughter. I want to have a good life. I want to like. So his the he wants to see his daughter. The stipulations that his wife Judy Greer, another wasted actress, mm -hmm. uh, who they just keep on putting in movies. And I'm like, I love Judy Greer, and then they don't do anything with her at all. Um, she's the wife that she's and she's uh she's um married to Bobby Cannavale now. Mm -hmm. But she's like, she tells Paul Rudd, like, if you get a job and you have an apartment, you can see your daughter more regularly. And so he works at Baskin Robbins at the mm. very beginning of this. And uh, and like the the manager, this is the probably the, maybe the funniest scene, one of the funniest scenes, aside from the Michael Pena stories mm -hmm. that happen in this. But uh, the manager takes him back and is like, you have a criminal record? Says so you said you didn't have a criminal record on there. He's like, oh man, and he's like, that's badass. The manager's like, that's, that's badass, and he's like, you did all this stuff, and it, and Scott Lang has this story where he stuck it to the man essentially. Mm. He's he he's considered the bad guy, but really the corporation he screwed was the bad guy in this whole thing. But uh, but like the manager's like, he's like, and Paul Rudd's like. Well, thanks uh, for being so understanding. He's like, oh no, I'm I, you're still fired. I'm totally fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so Scott Lang decides. All right, well, I guess I'll do this job that uh, Luis tells told me about and everything. So it becomes sort of like a heist movie. Mm -hmm. um, and so they go to uh, what is Michael Douglas's home? Michael Douglas, uh, what is his character? Hank, Hank Pym. Pym. Yeah. Um plays uh so he goes to that house and there's like two safes in there one both of them are equally uncrackable mm -hmm. uh or whatever but he finds a way through science and all sorts of stuff to get into the science that's right uh he finds a suit in this in the safe and there's no money there's no jewels there's nothing they're like well i guess that was worthless um but then hank uh but when they when he tries to return the suit trying to be a good guy and everything it turns out that his daughter, played by Evangeline Lilly, yeah, uh, has uh, called the cops on him, and he goes to jail and everything. But Hank wants him because he knows that he's he's ideal for being in this suit and everything. Uh, breaks him out of jail, tells him how to use the the shrinking technology and everything, mm -hmm. and he gets because he's wearing the suit at the time that he goes into jail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Um, 
the the main story here cory stalls our bad guy in this one i love cory stall i do too um he plays darren cross and he's trying to find the same formula that pym came up with iron man versus iron man it is this is going to be a same versus same by the end of it um even though yeah he's a hornet or whatever the fuck he is <laughs> and um and uh so like uh he's trying to synthesize this whole thing um and uh he keeps ma- he keeps making mistakes and he gets he's getting more and more like evil mm-hmm. as he goes along because he's like using sheep and like he's it like the in a scene where he shows the sheep or whatever it turns into this like just glob you know pink globular mass mm-hmm. or whatever he's like all right bring in example number it was like I, he's a- I it annoys me that he gets so evil at the end of this mm-hmm. because cory stall is such a good actor and at the beginning that character has some nuance to it mm-hmm. um you know he's got kind of a history with vangeline lily he's got a big history with hank and it's like could you not make it so over the top at the end of this like does it bother you well and and just like anything it's the the stuff that he's using is causing him to be more and more insane oh that's That's a a classic hallmark marvel thing Mm -hmm. that the the science that you use on yourself is going to uh exacerbate all your in you know your insanity by the way neither here nor there but i recently learned that in the marvel comics hank pym is every bit as much of a genius as tony stark and Mm. peter parker Mm -hmm. and in the comics hank pym created ultron yeah no yeah there you go little little nugget of comic that was that was something that was just like they just that was a big thing when ultron came out was like people were like tony didn't build this yeah hank did pym's daughter uh her name's hope uh she works at why would you if you if your last name no you would never do that why would you end your first name you would never do that hope him Hope I'm totally on board. Hope him. Hope Pim. Although I, I don't know if she even uses the Pim name because they had a falling out. There's oh, a, she goes by her married her maiden. Wait, yeah. she goes by her mom's maiden name. Solo, Solo. <laughs> she goes by Elf. Uh, yeah, she goes by Hope Van Dine or Hope Van Dyne oh, okay. or whatever. In this. But, still, but you're she, right. Before the falling out, she was Hope Pim. Yeah, dumb um but she's still working at the company and the reason why hank doesn't work at the company anymore is because there was a big board meeting and she was the deciding vote and she took hank out of the of the company so they have a they have a uh i don't know if it's an estranged relationship at the very beginning it might be the first time they've seen each other in years but mainly because she knows that uh darren cross is up to no good and she needs his help and there's another strain in the relationship that he never tells her why what happened to her mom mm-hmm. and everything which is another just a dumb a dumb scene because he ends up telling her well we were both these tiny soldiers and we were on a nuclear warhead and uh and she decided to go between the atoms and you can't recover from that and uh and all that and 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 she's like why didn't you tell me because i was trying to protect you yeah what the fuck and you're like protect you from fucking what yeah like were you were you more likely to be one of want to be in the suit and use the technology if you heard about your mom dying mm-hmm. or would you be less likely right. if you heard the truth it, apparently dying in a plane crash is so much easier to 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 hear about than 
well, you know, she used this weird technology that I'm responsible for. I guess I don't know. I, I'll never understand that. I, I was trying to protect you. Reason. Does the end of this movie and what Scott does si- signify that the mom is coming back? No, uh, it's it's signifying that she's going to be wearing the suit that the the wasp suit. But I mean, in because the finale of this movie, Scott goes between the atoms yeah, right? but, and but, manages to come back. But because he has that new technology with him that allows the him to, the little pill thing, the little button. But if he could go in there again and find her, couldn't he if bring she's her still out? if but she's still alive. You're talking there. about you're talking about something that is as vast as the universe. At no, that I point. agree. I just know I've read that 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 quantum space that he goes into is like time doesn't matter there. That's true, and they the trailers point to Ant-Man and the Wasp using that subatomic universe quite a bit. All, well, and using the embiggening all over right. the goddamn place. But yeah. I guess it's possible, sure. I mean, I don't I don't think that's what that ending... Okay, I guess I, I, I must have read too much into that then. I, I, I think it's possible that they could run into her and everything. I, you would have to then... Yeah, I she's mean, still in there somewhere. If she's still in there, then she's probably... If, if time doesn't matter, then she's... She's bitter as hell. Oh, wait, yeah. if time doesn't matter, she it's like a blink. Well, she'll be like, uh, oh, she's going to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. She, Michael Douglas is going to get his wife back from 30 years ago. Yeah. He's going to get to have sex with <laughs> that's right. a hot young wife. And he's like 70. That's yeah. right. That's she's awesome. Like, she's like Mal in uh, Inception. She'll be like Catherine Zeta Jones all over she's again. She's like Mal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, it is kind of like Mal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the the idea is to infiltrate this the PIM, the PIM building, essentially, mm-hmm. and to... Um, and to steal this technology so that darren cross can't use it but uh cross is on to them in a very strange scene as is after uh this is after scott has learned the suit quite a bit and of course we have this big montage thing where he's jumping through the keyhole he's he's going down to the ground doing the honey i shrunk the kids thing and he's like uh he's commanding ants to do what they want there's like a million different kinds of ants who all do a different million different kinds of things so on and so forth uh by the end of that where they decide they're going to uh, and there's a there's sort of an avengers connection where he's gone and he's gone Mm. to the avengers uh, headquarters now in upstate new york he has that fight with falcon he steals some some sort of thing from mm. the it's a it I, from what I understand because they show it on the blueprint what he steals but it helps them out with the the whatever they're gonna do I think it's like to to cut off the alarms or something like that it's some sort of technology that sends off some signal or something and cuts off the alarms in the place mm. something like that that it, it's really more of an excuse to just get the Avengers involved oh, yeah. in all this and show him fighting Falcon having a little comic relief with him being tiny and falcon like looking for him and everything (laughs) um but after all of that in one of the strangest scenes of the movie they're all talking about what they need to do next to go into go into pym's headquarters and everything and hank goes to his bedroom and darren's just hanging out in the bedroom like like reading flipping through magazine or something (laughs) like that and like they're like does he know what we're planning? A <laughs> fucking course he does. <laughs> Why would he just be hanging out in the in the house? And uh, so they they still continue with this this whole high this whole thing. I guess figuring well I, if he knows or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know. Paul Rudd ends up getting caught in this like little glass thing mm-hmm. at the end, and um and they uh and 
and Darren's going to sell this to, he sells, he, he says, I'm selling this to Hydra. They're different these days mm-hmm. or whatever. And so there's still some Hydra agents out and they still, they know about this technology and they've gone to Darren about it and everything. Hmm. And then they, yeah, they get on a helicopter. There's an Ant-Man versus a yellow jacket mm-hmm. uh, fight. They fight inside like the bottom of the helicopter or whatever. And there's like a wallet and keys mm-hmm. and all that flying around. Um, but yeah, they have that whole big fight in, uh, his daughter's room mm. and the big, the, tr- the Thomas, the tank engine and all that. That's just fun. I think that's, that's a fun part of the No, thing. it's fun. It's, it's fun ridiculous one. that he's so maniacal. And I guess it's because of all the gobbledygook he's been eating or whatever, but mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to kill your daughter if you don't do this. And it's like, really dude? I yeah. mean, you're going to kill this daughter. You're going to kill this daughter. Yeah. This, Are you this, fucking kidding me? The like, cutest kid in the world. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, he ends up going between the atoms to mm-hmm. go inside the, the his suit. and be, It's uh, the don't cross the streams, basically. It really is. And uh, <laughs> and he's he's has no idea what to do, but then he has got that that thing that Hank made, and he's able to get embiggened again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's Ant-Man. That's Ant-Man. Yeah. Enjoyable um, movie. It is enjoyable. It's got some funny, funny parts. The Luis scenes, especially when he's going back through all the things that this person said to this person said to this person said mm-hmm. to this person. Those are the most Edgar Wright inspired scenes. We're all pretty sure. I think that I think that Thomas the Tank Engine thing was right in his wheelhouse too. Yeah, and yeah. it still plays pretty well. But I I think his visuals would have kicked it up just that extra notch. I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to. I'm not even like the biggest Edgar Wright fanboy. I, I don't even think I've seen all of his movies, mm-hmm. but uh, I want the version that he would have made. I know. I think I know. it would have been, been cool. So much closer to the way I feel about Spider-Man Homecoming and Guardians of the Galaxy instead of just being okay. But yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah. And in credit scene, uh, there's a mid credit scene that shows uh, um, it's a scene from Captain America Civil War. It's uh, it's that, you know, Cap and Falcon have Bucky and they Bucky's like t- handcuffed to the whatever they have he, they got him in some factory or something mm-hmm. and they're like wondering whether or not they need to tell tony it's just a straight up scene from civil war nice uh and this is the first time i think they've shown just a straight up scene uh they did it later in one of the other movies where they do a scene from thor ragnarok I think mm-hmm. it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's at the end of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange yeah. has the scene where it's him talking to Thor, which later is in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a straight up scene from Civil War. Then the very last scene is Hope finding the Wasp suit, so we know that Ant Man and the Wasp is coming out. Yay! Uh, Stanley cameo here. He's the guy at the bar and f- confirms Luis's friend's girlfriend is hot. Uh, because there's like like it's like hey look at that girl over there she's mad hot right and <laughs> and and he's like yeah really hot uh, stanley nothing creepy about that no i don't know if there's ever been a marvel movie besides maybe thor the dark world that i'm looking forward to less than ant-man and the wasp the i mean i have i think the reason i came up with my crack insane theory that it's gonna go back to infinity war was to give myself an excuse to care yeah i know because I, I, I already don't, like, Ant-Man isn't bad. Dark no. World is worse than that. Ultron is worse than that. But it's not good enough for me to care. I, I don't, I'm not excited about this. Then you show me the trailer where buildings become suitcases and toilets become buildings. And I'm just like, okay, I don't, yeah. I officially don't care. Yeah. Anything, literally anything is possible if you've got that technology and you mm-hmm. can just throw it on anything you want. I hope it does do some sort of parallel thing with Infinity War. It probably won't. Uh... The uh, you think it will? 
Oh, okay. I have theories. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Well, I, I, again, that would be my reason to care, too. Um, otherwise. Well, I don't think this movie's going to do much, but I think Ant-Man is going to be pivotal. Interesting. I think the end, I think the end credit scene on Ant-Man and the Wasp will be what I want the movie to be. Ah. Some hint of him tying into Avengers 4. Phase two is where everything got more confusing. Mm -hmm. There are so many things going on now. There are infinity stones. There are the, the world has been, has been opened up to the entire universe at this point. And uh, yeah, there's just so much going on. And then, and, and just the movies within themselves are just confusing. If you just look at the self-contained, Thor the Dark World and all that. I mean, it's just a struggle trying to remember what happened. Yeah. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got to go through all Winter Soldiers, like, you know, conspiracies and all that that are going on. Hydra Shield now, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of stuff to process going into what will be the first movie of Phase 3, Civil War. Mm-hmm. But um, that's Phase 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's a In mixed a bag. It's a mixed bag. It yeah. is. It is. It's, it got, is it it's is. got some of the best. It's also got some of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but phase three will be more consistently quality. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, not uh, not enough time for questions or anything like that today. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll have a whole mailbag episode mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, I had but, some great questions, though. Keep them coming in. Uh, yeah. Whatever happens uh, in the next two weeks, sometime I I have to talk about the life of David Gale. Okay. Yeah. I have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So just that's a teaser for you. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's uh, that would be the title of the episode. I have to talk about this movie. We could I do a whole, whole goddamn thing just because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything I could talk about. <laughs> Are you serious that you've seen this recently? Yes. And, oh my god, I haven't seen it since it came out, and I remember it infuriating me. It at is. The end. It is infuriating, and I'll just tell you this much: this movie is about a character played by Kevin Spacey, who is a brilliant mind in his field, unable to find work because of rape accusations. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll come back later to talk about what the movie's actually about. Yeah. But yeah, keep going to uh, Sincast presented by Cinema Sins on Facebook. Keep going to Reddit, keep going to Twitter, and giving us those questions and telling us what you thought about this episode. Um, That'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sher. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. that the soul stone it might be the soul stone um let me look up ether i think it's the mind not the mind it's not the space it's the power stone Ooh, could be the power stone it's the power stone oh fuck you no fuck you fuck you (laughs) no you 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 be tripping you are the one who is the ball licker (laughs) To Infinity Stone, collect Ether to his care. Come to Jamal. You be tripping. Yeah, you be tripping. What he's? They say the stuff. I know that by the end of it, the in the end credit scene, they they say this can't be here. Yeah, but can't be in Asgard. This one is the. It's the one that he has. Space Stone. It's the purple one. It's the Space Stone. I think. Um, I think it is the Space Stone. I think that is correct. Uh, or the power stone.
<laughs> oh, it might be the power stone. It's the purple one. Stone. It is the power stone, I think. It's definitely the purple one. You're typing a lot of letters. Just He seems grumpier these days on Twitter. Maybe he's grumpier. It could be. I get grumpier the older I get. I was thinking today, I was in the grocery store today and I got grumpy because they add calcium to orange juice, but I don't see them adding calcium to anything else. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, so I got to get my calcium wherever I can. So I always buy that one juice. Every juice brand has a calcium added. Mm-hmm. It's like no pulp, pulp with calcium. Mm-hmm. If they could just throw calcium in shit willy nilly. Why isn't there like cherry coke with calcium? Why is it, why is why is orange juice the only thing we're adding calcium to? Can I get a chocolate bar with calcium added? This is what gets you grumpy. I got grumpy about it. I'm like, well, I don't. I want to understand it. What is it about orange juice that makes it susceptible to calcium infusion? But I can't get like calcium added iced tea, calcium added iced coffee. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying is I get grumpy about stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got so last week I stayed up real late smoking a bunch of meat and stuff like that. Ooh, I thought you were going to say weed. <laughs> no, no <laughs> that would have been funner. But I, I stayed up like maybe two or three nights in a row, maybe while I got sick. Um, and by the end of it, I had to take the dog crate upstairs to the bedroom when I was going to bed. And I just started bitching at my wife i was just like god why every time i feel like i have to get up and and bring this shit up here and everything and just like laying into her for no reason at all and she was like what the hell man <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as i got in bed i was like i started cracking up i was like god damn i'm grumpy i'm sorry that's awful <laughs> the hell was i just doing <laughs> luckily she's such a wonderful woman that mm-hmm. she was laughing with me yeah. and not kicking me out that was a kind of a funny thing too after the poker got done at your house and everything uh i was like you need me to help you with anything at all and she was like well if you can kick all those other people out that'd be great <laughs> and i was like okay and i went up to the stairs and i was like hey guys we're done downstairs and this might need to be your last hand <laughs> and i'm like could we do it one more rotation i get the sense that this should be your last hand <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize they were up there last year, and I, I heard something at two two thirty or whatever. I just went upstairs, and it looked like fucking Kramer's apartment when he has the <laughs> smoke party, where everybody's just like, "You see those queens in there? Do they look scared?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody, get the fuck out! I was much less diplomatic right. than you were. Right. I have a question for you that's probably suited for outtakes because I was watching Donnie Brasco. I know you're a big Donnie Brasco. Mm-hmm. Love me some Donnie. When does Lefty know about Donnie? Oh, that's this. I feel like you could do a whole podcast on this question because the movie, I think, leaves it open. It does to interpretation. Yeah, because the and it's maybe it's just Al Pacino the way Pacino's decided to play the character, or maybe it's the editing process and what they decide to show us. Because in that car, right before they get arrested. And he shows him he knows that was a federal boat. He's like, mm-hmm. that's a federal boat, Donnie. He's got his gun out. He's going to make Johnny Depp kill the dude he's, on the he's boat. Pointing, yeah, he's pointing it at him. Yeah. So there's, but there's he's so still many false not starts. selling me. It's, yeah, there's so many false starts because, you know, Donnie actually comes clean. You know, the scene we we're talking about at the very end mm-hmm. before they're about to attack uh, Bruno, where he's pointing the gun at him as he he shows him the 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 boat. Yeah. But then he says, like, well, if you're a rat, and he points it at, at yeah. his head, and he's like, I'm the 
dumbest person in the history of the mafia. So you're like, oh, okay, he doesn't know. But then the whole time that they're creeping up on the boat, he's got his gun yep. trained on him. But and he's looking at him. It's almost like... <sighs> I think he is going to shoot him. I think he knows. I don't think he knows. I th- well, actually, I do think he knows. I just think he hasn't accepted it. Yeah, he doesn't want to believe it. And I don't think he's accepted it until that final shot of him putting all his belongings yeah in the tray for his girlfriend to, to have before he goes out for the meeting yeah because even i mean they're they're all playing it up for a ruse when they're in the the hideout and everything like oh if you didn't know donnie then they would they would have but see and, uh, and none of them are selling me either they all know at that point oh yeah and then they had. know they want lefty not to know because he's going to get sent for yeah but it's just it that scene is delightful and so fucking confusing because when i watch it again I'm like he knows he, he knows. definitely knows he's now. just but uh, he loves him yeah, and so, yeah, they've had they've had especially that moment in the hospital where he gets real. Oh, about I teared his kid. up when I saw it uh, this yeah. time. Yeah. It's really great. It's really good. And the, but they love each other. There's genuine love there, mm-hmm. and it, and it wrecks both of them. I think it's, the, the movie is almost an indictment on undercover work as oh, totally. a tactic. Totally, because it fucks up everyone. Yeah, because that coda where they just basically take a picture with him, and you know that's it. Yep, and he's like, good this work. Is, that this was, was years three of your years. Life. Yeah. Your marriage is wrecked. Your kids hate you. Every, everything is wrecked. Yep. By the way, so this is uh, 2013 Romeo and Juliet. Damian Lewis is in this. Haley Steinfeld plays. Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti way before Billions. Yes, exactly. Haley Steinfeld plays Juliet. Douglas Booth plays Romeo. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in this. Mm. Ed Westwick from Gossip Girl is in this. I've seen part of this because I watched, uh, I saw Haley Steinfeld playing Juliet. Leslie Manville is in this? I only watched for a couple minutes, though. Uh, I had no idea this movie existed. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but also, I'm just, my point in saying Romeo and Juliet is, is it's hundreds of years old, and they did the take of poison to make it look like you're dead when really you're not. Yes, thing. yes, indeed. It's not, it's not only old, it's fucking ancient. 